the Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who uh, has got to get a bunch of eggs delivered across the world like in the next two days. Welcome, Jacob. Man, my legs are sore. That's going to be hard. Uh, that's that's like all day for like, you know, two years. Yeah. Uh, why, thank you. Let me do this. Our co-host, a man who simply is trying to find a tooth and a memory, apparently. Welcome, Drew. Idea why the man in the moon did this to That is, uh, yeah, true. It is a little bizarre. But apparently, he has purpose for it. I guess. Anyway, how are you doing, Jay? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Week's going pretty good. And uh, some new things are coming up. Pipeline, which I'm excited about. And uh, other than that, it's going pretty good. Uh, how about you? Not so far, it's been okay. Uh, a couple things coming up. Okay, cool. Get into it later. Before we get too much farther into this, we need to talk about need to need to ask our trivia question. Yes, we do. And that trivia question is: In Rise of the Guardians, funny comments on a time when Jack Frost caused a blizzard on Easter. What year was this? I think, according to the comments, it was 1938. No, it was not 1938. Oh, what was it then? 1968. 68. I knew there was an eight there. Which your girlfriend got? Ah. Where you go, Ashley? Along with Heather. But uh, we had two people who decided to put 2020. When this movie came out, when? 2012. Oh, yeah, you're quite a few I years old. Don't off. think that's don't think what they were referring to in the movie. No, no. But yeah, that, is an act- that actually happened, though, on Easter 1968. There was a blizzard. Yeah. And it snowed a bunch <laughs> of people in. That is hilarious. But, I mean, it's technically possible because I mean, right. Easter can come early enough that the snowstorm could, could hit it. Right. Sometimes. So. So true. Anyway. So, uh, how are you doing, Jacob? Uh, I'm, I've asked once you, before, but you I'll have ask asked. again. Man, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, just, I'm looking forward for, I'm be like, this looks like it's going to be a good week. Preferably, hopefully everything goes right and be like, things don't go and nutty like they sometimes do. Uh, the weekend looks like it's going to be fun. Uh, there's an, a, a, a festival coming up where we live and, uh, I'm going to be part of a booth with our singles group. And then me and my girlfriend are going to walk around this very lo- apparently going to be very large festival in the town we're from, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm from, he moved to, yes. um, and that just sounds like fun. And plus I think Jurassic world dominations coming out this weekend, I think dominion, but dominion, believe, that's what I'm yeah. looking for. Dominion. Um, which I'm not looking forward to, but I've already seen the rest of them in theater. So why not go see this one and see how much I think this movie is going to fail or maybe course correct in possible ways. I highly doubt it, but, but Chris Pratt will be in. Oh yeah, it's true. He's in everything. (laughs) And apparently he voices everything. Apparently. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's going pretty good. You? If I've had a good week. I mm-hmm. had a little bit of a busy day yesterday. Yeah. But uh, other than that, it was a nice, good, relaxing weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I'm look. I I don't know if I'm looking forward to seeing Jurassic World Dominion or not because let's face it, the Jurassic Park movies don't really do good on their third ones traditionally. That is true. And after Alan. <laughs> after that second one of Jurassic World, oh gosh, Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Oh. I have no idea where they could go with this. Yeah, I've got an idea of what they're doing. It's like, okay, at least try to course correct something. All I know is if that girl is not like the, the that from the that was technically a clone and let all the dinosaurs go at the end of the last Spoiler one. Spoiler alert! Please, like anyone cares. <laughs> if she's not like the dinosaur princess in this movie, I give up. That would be interesting. That, it that would be it would it'd be, be bad. bad. But it's like, you know what? This is not as stupid as it could be. That is true. I have a rule when it comes to bad movies. Mm. If you can't be good, be interesting. That is true. Because if you're dull, who cares? Yeah. And also speaking of bad movies, uh, I put a I put a poll out there uh, yesterday. Yesterday, I got some really good feedback about bad movies. Well, first mm-hmm. it said worst movies, but you know, and that I, made no sense. That made no sense. I had to go back and correct it. So, apologize for all those who were ra- raising their eyebrows on what the what are you talking about, Jacob? The worst movie of what? Yeah, yeah, the worst well, Titanic movie. Geez. There are three of them, apparently, not counting the live action one that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the worst animated movies to ever you know come out, and I had some really good suggestions. And uh, that might become a month, possibly. Maybe, so just you maybe. Know, yeah, stay tuned. It might happen. It might not. We're talking about it. Yeah, it, it's in discussion. But before that, I do have a question for you, Jacob. What's that? What have you been watching? Ah, okay. Well, I finished uh, Star vs. the Force of Evil. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting series. The, the ending was kind of out of the left field. I was like, okay, so you're going to, spoiler alert for Star the Force of Evil, if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to give. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. So apparently in the end, it'd be like they have to destroy all magic in the, in the, in the, in the, in the known universe, which they live in. And I'm like, okay, that raises so many more questions. Like, okay, be like all these other characters who are magical disappear but others don't because they're, you know, a main character connection, which makes zero sense. Because literally there's a, po- a, uh, a pony head or a unicorn head. Is this all evil Sailor Moon's fault? No. You didn't, you don't know which character I'm referring no, to. No, I do don't you? have idea. There what was you... an episode. I don't, I, it's like one of the few episodes of the show I've seen. Yeah. Where she meets her mentor or something oh and she looks like sailor moon oh yeah 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 she's, she's like very obviously meant yeah. to be sailor moon, but the character is a oh yeah she's crazy evil. absolutely nuts <laughs> and so I, uh so i call her evil sailor moon that makes sense when, when you said that i was like oh yeah that character uh so yeah be like the, the ending makes no sense and so like, okay then you get worlds merging for no reason it's just like okay this is weird be like the the second the i think it was the um the second the the second episode before the conclusion be like that was really good they were leading up to something and Mm -hmm. then they kind of went into this and then they went into oh we need to be you know granted my star is a 
a teenager. She's like 15, 15, 14 years old. Yeah, she's a magical teenager. She's a magical, she's a magical teenager girl. who's known for getting in trouble, not doing the right thing, being completely irresponsible most of the entire season. Uh, except for like the third season, she kind of wises up a little bit. And then everybody kind of just follows her lead. And it's like, oh, let's destroy everything. Let's destroy everything we're based on. And yeah, and then it, it it eliminates certain things, and then it just does nothing to a certain pony head. I'm like, shouldn't that just? I yeah, it's just, it's so weird. And then it's oh, let's merge things. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling anything for that TV show for those who have never watched it. I'm sorry. I apologize. I need to air this out because I have no one else to talk to about this. <laughs> so, uh, and thank you again for listening or you're like, oh my gosh, you just spoiled the show. I'm halfway done through with. I apologize if I just ruin your TV show. Shame. Shame. <laughs> yeah, pull all the fish, the pitchforks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just like, it was a good series. The ending was kind of questionable at best. It was like, okay, this is cool, but it leaves more questions than anything. Okay, what happened to this character? Why is these characters now deceased and this character still alive, even though they're just a head that's magically floating? And you allegedly destroyed all the magic in Muni and all the connections to Earth, which apparently Muni's, human Munins, that's why they call themselves Munins. Mm -hmm. I know. And they're apparently humans that crossed over. Apparently it's interesting, but it's the same time be like, okay, but then you destroy everything, but half of it breaks. Then it's so confusing. If um, I had seen it. I could maybe help you with this, but right. I haven't seen it. So I have no idea. I got happened. you. Totally understand. Be like, if those There's are... probably some logical thing they threw in, like for a short half second. Yeah. And I probably just caught it. And because that happens. that happens, it does. It does. It's, it's like the end of uh, gravity falls where they hit, you know, he starts getting his memory back. I'm not going to say who. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he shouldn't be able to do that considering how he lost his memory. Yeah. But yet he does. Yet he does. Which means the villain could come back. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Yeah. So yeah, be like, if, if, you, if we have fans out there who have watched Star vs. The Force of Evil, can you, you know, comment down below somewhere and like help me understand why certain things happen and why certain things don't because I'm still slightly confused on the ending of this show. It was a good season until the very last episode. And it's just like, huh? What? Okay. Interesting. It's a, yeah, either or. So I watched that and, uh, I started watching or I kind of started rewatching, uh, the, uh, ultimate Spider-Man on mm -hmm. Netflix, uh, not Netflix, but, uh, Disney plus, and uh, that's fun. It's definitely way. It's a different approach how they do Spider-Man traditionally. It's is more that the one that's got J.K. Simmons reprising his role as uh, J. Jonah Jameson. I think so because it pulls a lot of the uh, the fourth wall where literally Spider-Man pulls himself out of frame yeah, to talk to the audience. That's the one I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fun. Uh, obviously, we watched uh, Top Gun Maverick. That's an amazing movie. Go watch it. Yeah, if you haven't. Go for it. If you haven't watched the first one, what are you doing? Go over to our either Paramount Plus where you can watch it or go now you can go to uh, Amazon Amazon Prime and go watch it for free. So go watch it. It's a good movie. Some of it makes somewhat sense. 
And plus, my thought was watching this one that Maverick shouldn't be flying a pilot, a uh, a jet anymore, but flying a uh, a cargo plane for rubber dog stuff to Hong Kong. What? <laughs> you've seen you've seen the original Top Gun, right? Yes. Okay. So the point where uh, the the admiral of the ship he's on in the in the in the when he gets shipped off the Top Gun, the the line at which the uh, the admiral says, it like be like you screw up just this much, be like you're going to be flying a cargo ship, a cargo a cargo ship full of rubber that dog was stuff." A that wasn't literal. <laughs> that was not supposed to be a literal. This is what I know. Happen. It's a joke, but it might put my first thought. This is what Maverick should be doing. Well, obviously he didn't because obviously. Iceman saved his butt a hundred times. Apparently. <laughs> but anyway, anyways. Yeah. So yeah, I, that, that was my first thought. I was like, okay, this is what this movie should start. But no, he's, you know, in a hangar with a million dollar plane and a guy, because I, I I actually talked to pilots about this, and it's like, yeah, he couldn't afford that if he tried at the salary. It was technically a government project. No, you're talking about the Mach 10 thing at the beginning. No, the the uh, the the World War II uh, plane. He's you know the hangar and the whole bit. The place he comes hangs out. So that's that is like a multi million dollar plane, <laughs> and maybe he Captain made good Sto- investments. Maybe. <laughs> Or maybe it's just Tom Cruise's plane, and he wanted to. What, what happened is, is that uh, what's the guy's name? Tom Cruise. No, the, the act, the character. Oh, uh, uh, Maverick. Yeah, I know Maverick. His actual name. Oh, you're talking about uh. Oh crap! You had to say. Anyway, that. we'll just say Maverick. Yeah, Maverick. Obviously, that's not Maverick's jet. Or not his plane. That's yeah. not his hangar. That's his good buddy Tom Cruise's hangar. <laughs> It, the fact that they look alike is just a strange, crazy coincidence. But yeah, it's a good film. Go watch it. Uh, what, what was I, I'm always re- trying to recall what we watched over at uh, Chase because we always watch something. Because I'm drawing a blank. We watched Stitch. We did watch Stitch. That's the right. The only thing we got to. That is true. We did watch Stitch. Uh, it's the the anime that came out. Which I didn't of- even know there was a Stitch anime. And it's on Disney+. Plus. It is. That's right. Yes. That is interesting. Let's say that. So anyone who didn't think there was already anime on Disney+, Plus before uh, Star Wars Visions, mm-hmm. it was there. It was called Stitch. Yeah, the series. Which is apparently... He's with, not- with, fake, with, with fake Lilo. Yeah, with fake Lilo. It's, it's, like, it's not Lilo. It's not Lilo. The character is not Lilo. Because Lilo is apparently in college by this point. And apparently Lilo decided to go hang out with another girl from Hawaii. They came over to Japan. That's, no, you mean Stitch did? Yeah, Stitch. That's what I meant. It's like, are they actually still family? Are they just good friends? Yeah. Did they have a falling out? Because when when you were first explained, it was like, Stitch, why is why, why is Stitch going Stitch, to college? <laughs> why didn't Stitch go with her to college? Exactly. But apparently, they they needed to bring Stitch to Japan. Well, of course, because that makes sense. If you're going to have a Japanese show, you have a Japanese you, you, cast. Mm-hmm. You got to bring your main character from Hawaii to Jap- Japan. Yes. But either or, be like, it was interesting. It was it was fun, but it was you're you're scratching your head while like what's going on. There was a lot of 
Do what? Uh-huh. I don't know what's happening here. Me either. Granted, I have not watched uh, Lilo and Stitch the series. Mm. Or Leroy and Stitch. Mm-hmm. Leroy was in this, wasn't he? he isn't he the yellow yellow one? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm 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 not the Stitch fanatic who has watched everything. And you call yourself a fan? Eh. <laughs> also, that was not Stitchies. He kept using in that movie in the show. No, no, no. That no. was the worst. It's like I know you didn't get Chris Sanders to come no. back and do this. But why did you not actually use the language that they made for Stitch to use? Why did you just make random Japanese noises to for, for this? <laughs> the the one that got me was like it'd be like you start you start listening to it's okay this sounds like Chris Sanders it does in in some cases but when you hear Stitch talk for a longer like his dialogues longer you can tell his voice is deeper his voice is deeper he just starts talking like a normal person the the longer he talks it's like okay that's not Chris Sanders that's not Chris Sanders this must be after he was working heavily on the How to Train Your Dragon series Mm -hmm. but anyway anyways so yeah we watched that and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Except for a lot of YouTube, which I normally do for, right. for history and all. But uh, other than that, that's all I've been watching. What about you? Whale. Whale. There's no whale I in the story. We watched, of course, some more Spy Family. Mm-hmm. Great show. Yours brother has some uh, sister issues. We'll say. Hmm. He needs help. And um, mm. let's just say at the moment, he and Twilight are not on good. Sorry. You, Lloyd are not on good terms. They don't know it yet, but they are on opposite sides of the conflict. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I am being purposely vague. Okay. That makes sense. But you know that Lloyd, you know, being a spy. Mm-hmm. He's on one side of this war, mm-hmm. and yours brother is on the other side of the war. Oh, okay. Cold War. Interesting. Interesting. Betty, and uh, your doesn't know it. Oh, okay. Dun, dun, dun. But yeah, that was... I'm enjoying that. I'm trying to bring this up, because I can't remember everything I've watched. Uh, I've watched a couple of movies okay. this week. I can get over there. Uh, so... Oh. Mm-hmm. I actually watched five movies really this week besides well, counting Rise of the Guardians you actually made me remember something for a minute but continue I watched Rebirth of Mothra okay Tokusatsu mm-hmm. uh, Japanese show yeah from the 90s okay it's definitely a kids movie mm. uh, it was interesting mm. um, I didn't know Mothra could get that fluffy I mean, literally, it looked like a a, a, a stuffed doll huh. more than I mean, you know, those the Tokusatsu characters normally right, look like. Right. This literally looked like you could see some four year old hugging it, uh, some four year old hugging it as you're going to the, as she's uh laying down to sleep. I gotcha. 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 That fluffy. Gotcha. And there's a lot of glitter in that movie for special use for special effects. I gotcha. But uh, yeah, that it, it's it's an interesting movie. Okay, kind of an environmental flick. Okay, but 
because that was a big thing in the 90s. Hmm. Uh, I also watched the movie Free Guy. Really? That's the Ryan Reynolds video game. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay. It kind of worked. The game kind of works like Fortnite, except doesn't. Okay. It's like it does not have the battle royale mechanic where you've got to, you know, it's kind of like an MMO, but yet it's a, it's a weird thing. Okay. It's a weird, it's a weird game. And he finally, he somehow, because he get he's able to get a hold of the sunglasses that all the quote unquote heroes wear. Mm-hmm. He's actually able to play the game. Okay. And become super popular because he's actually an advanced AI that Taika Waititi's character stole from these other two programmers. Oh, okay. All the NPCs could do that, but he's hmm. the first one that actually did it. I got you. His base programming was based on a character for the previous game that uh, was perfectly suited to fall in love with one of the heroes. Oh, I'm not okay. going to get into how that happened, but okay, it's interesting. It was, it was a fun movie. Okay. There's a point. There's actually a great cameo at one point, but I'm not going to tell you about it. Oh, okay. I think I've heard of this cameo. It involves Chris Evans. Yeah. It's great. In a certain shield. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a great moment. Okay. And then I watched Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure. That's a movie <laughs> from the 90s. Wow. It is definitely a film of its time. And I will never watch it again. <laughs> Because, oh, I know why this isn't canon anymore, you know? It was kind of, it was a cheesy Star Wars adventure movie that did not have any, it did not need, the only thing that was Star Wars about it was the Ewoks were involved. Oh, okay. It could have been set any time, any place. Gotcha. And the story would not have changed. Change the Ewoks out for just, I don't know, Teddy Ruxpins or something. (laughs) And it would have been about the same. Okay. Nothing about it screamed, this is an absolutely Star Wars movie. But yet it's set in the Star Wars universe, at least of the Legends era. Mm. You know, before Disney reset the continuity. Right. So yeah, that was a thing. Okay. And then I watched a documentary about the making of a movie Ah. that I know you don't like. Ooh. What movie? Never Surrender. A Galaxy Quest documentary. Okay, it was actually pretty interesting how they went about making that movie. Mm, okay, well, I, I would say I would say this be like I, I would say he I doesn't did, like Galaxy Quest for some reason. I'm not the biggest fan of it. I wouldn't say I hate the film. I didn't say you hated it. I said you didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand why you don't like it. I think it's. I think you missed something early on. Apparently, that it's, that's a comedy that takes its self-seriously well tell you what tell you what be like mostly just giving you a hard time oh i know i know i know i know uh tell you what i will go back and re-watch it and see if my opinion changes or not don't force yourself to do what you don't want to do oh yeah well like i might challenge myself to watch something about all right so be like are you done with the movies you watch i think that's about everything i've watched okay Wow, so what did you remember? I, I when you started talking about movies I've watched, I was like, oh yeah, I remember I was watching some stuff on on a Saturday on Friday, and uh, so I I start I start uh, I was like, you know what? Be like, I want to watch something I've never watched before, and so I you know turn on Hulu, mm-hmm. and I start looking around. I find this one movie. It's like, wait a minute, this director, this was his last film, 
and it's starring Tom Cruise. Okay. Eyes Wide Shut. I know nothing about this film. Good. I had a feeling. <laughs> With a name like Eyes Wide Shut, I'm going, that's a show. Yeah. That's a movie. Well, it was it was directed by Stammer Kubrick. It was his last yes. one he ever did in 1999. And uh, yeah, if, if you're if you're a film buff, you're definitely going to watch this. Uh, I could not, in my be- in my better judgment, uh, recommend this movie to the general audience in at large because this has a lot of nudity. It has a lot of. Uh, Stuff you don't want want your kids watching. Let's say that. And uh, yeah, it's be like your dialogue is like this the entire time. And they repeat themselves over and over again. It's like, what do you want? Be like, what do you think? What do you think? What do I think? What do I think? You know, dialogue like the entire time for two, for about two hours. It's an, interesting film probably a film i'll never watch again it was an experience and then i was like okay that was interesting need to watch something else hmm what else is in hulu oh it's an arnold movie the predator Mm. (laughs) the original predator you know get to the chopper you know i can't do it i can't do a schwarzenegger Schwarzenegger either (laughs) but i watched that and it was like that's not a bad movie it's not a bad action you know action movie from the 80s and um because i remember watching it as a kid i was like this is weird as an adult it's weird and i know there's a lot of fans out there who are huge predator fans and they're like oh my gosh predator's best thing be like i remember fondly loving predator 2 more than predator Mm -hmm. but i watched it and i was like okay this is interesting be like it's it's very much the eighties action cheese, like you know, little to no plot whatsoever, but it's right. just pure unadulterated action. <laughs> so yeah, I watched that. So when when you said oh movies, I was like oh crap, I forgot those two movies I watched. So yeah, that's what I've been watching in plus. Right. So Jacob, it's time for the news. The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Dlet. Uh, so in the news, uh, we actually did kind of mention this a little bit in earlier. Uh, apparently Fern Gully, the last rainforest movie is finally coming to Blu-ray. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, the beloved animated feature Fern Gully. Beloved. Yeah. Beloved. It's like, did you, you... I may have an opinion, even though I never finished that movie. Oh, (laughs) oh, one of those things. Okay. Admittedly, I never finished Fern Gully, the last rainforest as a kid because, well, I got scared about halfway through and we returned it, <laughs> but I do remember what I did see not liking. I uh, gotcha. Were, were you scared of Toxin? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I just know I, about halfway through that movie, I got scared and we turned it off. 
Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's all I remember. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair of, enough. Of why it got, why we, I didn't finish it. I just remember thinking, oh, Robin Williams is a bat. <laughs> Batty. Does not endear me to this at all whatsoever. Which, which oddly enough led to his role as Genie. Yes, but Genie is a much better character than <laughs> Batty. Well, I, I I have very fond memories of this movie when I was a kid. And it's good for you. I'm yeah. happy for you. Thanks. So I know you're going to torture it, me with it later. <laughs> we will get to it. And I will torture him with this movie. <laughs> well, there's plenty of stuff you're planning on torturing oh, me with. I know it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Scratch your stretch. Uh, so getting back in the news, uh, is getting an, ex- an exciting news release this summer. On August 23rd, Shout Factory is releasing Fern Gully, the last, the last frame first 30th anniversary edition on Blu-ray DVD combo pack, restored from its from stored from a brand new 4K scan of the original film material. Fans will be able to enjoy the 2D classic like never before. Shout Factory announced that it picked up the exclusive worldwide rights to this film in November. So, yeah, if you are a fan of Fern Gully and you've always wanted a Blu-ray of this, like official, like, you know, updated version of this, this is coming out. So uh, I think you're probably going to probably pre-order on Amazon, maybe uh, Best Buy, what have you. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I guarantee at some point we will be reviewing this film. <laughs> hey, you torture me with films, I'm going to torture you with a film. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. All right. So uh, we're looking to, there's going to be another Walt Disney Studio movie. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, all new feature, uh, feature film uh, called Strange World. Uh, they released the trailer and a poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently it, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal and the film will be released in November. Uh, it's not saying when, but it's, I would say probably next year. Hmm. So strange, uh, strange world, which it's kind of a send up to old classic sci-fi. Yeah, stuff, exactly. Like, That's like what the it's forties. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it, very campy, very Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. Duck Dodgers sort of stuff. The the same stuff that uh, Buck George, Rogers too. Yeah, George Lucas wanted to do originally, and then made Star Wars. Yes. So with all that said, be like that's all the bit of news I could find when it came to animated movies. Do you have anything for animated shows? Hmm. If you don't, I do. Okay. Then enlighten me. So, as you know, Hanna-Barbera has made a ton of cartoons over, over the course of the last, what, 50 years? Oh, yeah. I remember this. And there is one animated show. That's coming out. That they uh, did in collaboration with Toho. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which, for the past couple of years, you've only been able to get a hold of season one of. Oh. Okay, not this season. And admittedly, they haven't. I don't, it's been a while since it's, any of it's been actually released on home video. Mm-hmm. But I mean, both seasons now, as of yesterday, June yep. 6th, mm-hmm. are available on their YouTube channel, on Toho's YouTube channel, because Toho actually owns the rights to it, even though Hanna-Barbera made it. Okay. The original 1979 Hanna-Barbera Godzilla series. Really? Yes. I, I know. Godzuki and all. <laughs> So I'm not surprised you, Drew, is very excited about this because being, oh, yes. being, being the Zilla fan he is, or Godzilla yes. fan. 
Yeah, Zilla's a different character. So be like, so what? What do you? What do you call? What do you? What a fan of Godzilla? What do you call people like that? Kaiju fans. Kaiju fans. Okay, that I makes mean, sense. If you like Godzilla, you probably like Rodan. You probably like Mothra. You probably like the entire Toho stable. You probably can live with uh, Gamera. You probably like King Kong. Yeah. You probably just like the whole thing in general. Now, you have a special place in your heart for Godzilla because he's the king of the monsters. True. But, although technically King Kong actually is the one that... Actually, King Kong is the reason why we have blockbuster movies. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because King Kong, the original King Kong, is yeah. the first blockbuster movie to ever exist. Really? Like In the way we that, think of it. That makes sense. That makes sense. And it was the first movie to like make a buttload of money during the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. So yeah, King Kong and Godzilla. <laughs> but yeah, we are finally getting the original Saturday morning cartoon version of Godzilla that's on really? Toho. Uh, at least I, I, we still don't get we're still not getting them on home video yet. Hmm. But you can go watch it on the YouTube channel. Yeah, just like those chat editor picks it up and all its cheesy, cheesy. Saturday morning glory. Oh, okay. So yeah, if you are interested in stuff like that, you can go to uh, Nate Marchand. I'm using his name, correct? Yeah, over at the Monster Island Film Vault. Yeah, go check go check out his YouTube as a podcast. His podcast. Thank He's you. He's finally getting episodes out again. Yeah, it'd be like yeah. If you are a fan of you know um, you know that kind of genre, go check his stuff out. Yes, we, we've been on like twice. Once. Once. We are scheduled. For another episode later this year. That's right. And then we are, I haven't told you this, but at least me, probably both of us are up for one, possibly the beginning of next year. Really? Yes. But we'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. Fun. Yes. The, the tension mounts. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I want to do it, but I but I don't want to force you to do it if you don't want to do it. Oh. So definitely I'm probably on that one. You gotcha. might be. Maybe. Okay. But we'll see. We'll get there when we, we get, get there. there. Anyway, that was the only thing I had. Okay. Interesting. I, I didn't even hear about that. I literally found out about it from Nate. <laughs> oh, okay. Because he posted it on his, on MIFV's uh, uh, Twitter, and I saw it there, and then I went and shared the same thing. <laughs> shared the same cool. YouTube thing on our Facebook. So Cool. Um, and if you're curious, that show you you, you remember uh, the Godzilla show we record we watched to review for him? Yeah, three episodes. It's essentially that show, but with classic Godzilla. Except oh. they have their own kind of Jabberjaw like uh, oh animal mascot. Yeah, in the form yeah, yeah. Of Godzuki. Godzuki. Godzilla's nephew. Oh, that sounds interesting he sounds and like he's a little childish but he speaks english so he's scrappy better than scrappy okay that's saying something uh, he's, he's somewhere between scrappy and scooby that's a pretty... he's not quite at scooby-doo levels of quality because he is annoying mm. but he's not puppy power oh gosh okay 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 <laughs> he's definitely not okay you got power. me sold there you got me sold there he, he's useful because he calls his uncle which is Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> it's got a great theme song, but we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll yeah. get to that later. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds interesting. I, I was, I thought you, when you started off with Hanna-Barbera, I was going to be like that, that little teaser that came out for a show on HBO Max was Velma. 
Oh, that Mindy Kaling from The Office is directing. Yeah, that her her thing she's doing. Yeah, I I know literally nothing else besides what I just said about that. Yeah, I thought I thought you were going to talk about that, and you went into no Godzilla. I was like, okay, that went somewhere I didn't thought that it yeah, would go. Literally animated by Hanna Barbera. That is really cool. Yes. So if you are a uh, kaiju fan, go like, go go check that out. Yeah, it's on it's on their YouTube channel. Have you watched it yet? Not yet, because I actually okay, I actually have seen the original show back when it was on Cartoon Network mm-hmm. way back in the day. Yeah, back when they still showed old cartoons on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. If you can believe that ever happened, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have not seen it in twenty years. Wow! So Probably I I'm closer to twenty five years. Wow! So I I think we are forgetting one major thing that. It come it'd be like we record this show on Tuesday. This show comes out on Wednesday. Saturday. Hmm? Our episodes go out on Saturday. No, but we record on Tuesday. Yes. So we don't talk about things we haven't seen yet. And I didn't say I've seen them. I was talking about news. That's true, but we well, we totally missed one thing that came out recently. It's called Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> We've season seen three episodes. Yes, but we didn't get to talk about the the no, third. We episode. keep forgetting to bring it up. That is true. Yes, it's so good. Just to be like, it's just my. It's like, wait, we just totally missed, especially one. last week's episode. Yes, it's like, huh? oh, you played that card really <laughs> early. Yes, where are you going to go <laughs> after this? Exactly. I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, we are talking about Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. Yes. Uh if you be like. Probably most people have heard of this. It's really good. They're in the third episode now, and uh, they they fourth brought episodes out in the morning. Fourth, uh, yeah, fourth. You know, it's gonna be along fourth. with Ms. Marvel starting tomorrow. Oh, that's right. That's I, I'm not getting up that early. Forget it. <laughs> oh, I I gave up trying to get up early. I just stay off certain sites. Yeah, just stay up for certain Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's that's it's, it's I, I'm looking forward to see episode four. Uh, Miss Marvel, it's Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel, right? yeah. Marvel. I want to say Captain Marvel. It's Miss Marvel. Uh, that looks interesting. Well, it's Miss Marvel became Captain Marvel, but this is the Miss Marvel that replaced Miss Marvel. Yes, when she became Captain Marvel. Yes, but not the other Cap Miss Marvel that was on WandaVision. Right, she's got going by a different name now. Really. Okay. There's actually been three Ms. Marvels. Carol Danvers. That's right. Who, Carol Danvers. Yeah. Who uh, lost her, who got attacked by Rogue back in the 90s, and that's mm-hmm. why Rogue was able to fly. Yeah. Because she had Captain Marvel's, uh, Ms. Marvel's powers. Yeah, resort powers, yes. Then there was, uh, back during the 70s, there was, you know, the you get the hip, I guess, I don't know if it was black black exploitation or, or what, but they had a black character. Yeah, Rambo. Yeah, Mar- Maria Rambo. Yeah. And, uh, that character appeared in WandaVision, mm-hmm. or at least her daughter appeared in WandaVision. Yeah, daughter did. that role. Yes. And then this one, the Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. I think that's her name. Kamala, Kamala Khan? Her last name is Khan. Yeah. Khan! Khan! <laughs> always what goes to mind. And she's Muslim. Yeah. But she, her powers, at least in the comics, she gets have an entirely different origin story than all the rest of them as Marvels. Mm-hmm. But we know from the trailer it's changing somewhat. Yeah. So anyway. Anyways. That's going to be interesting. So 
Yeah, episode three, Obi Wan Kenobi, really good. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to bring that because we, you know, yes. obviously forgot it. We forgot it last week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll we'll keep you our thoughts on you know the on that show on that show as it goes. I'm but actually it, I'm actually keeping up for a, a, a Disney for a movie change. change. <laughs> and how many are you not caught up on? I'll, I actually whoa wait a minute I did forget something I think I did did I did I forget something maybe I finished a certain show you have been hounding me on. You finished Mandalorian season two by last week. That is true. I did. So never mind. Did you finish Book of Fett? No, did not. Well, then we need to get into a spoiler-free section. Yes, we have. Of our review of Rise of the Guardians. Yes. (sighs) Certified fresh and spoiler-free. I helped with that. (laughs) That that is still clever, man. Props. She couldn't, Adila couldn't find elements of those sound effects out there. So literally that is me. (laughs) I gathered as much as probably your throat is right here. (laughs) It was tough to record, but I helped Adila with that one. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Anyway, spoiler free thoughts. This is the first time I've seen this movie. Really? Yeah, I didn't. For whatever reason, this is not one I, you know, drove the half hour into Tyler for to watch the trailer, to watch the movie when it Mm -hmm. originally came out. Right. And I think part of it is, is I looked at it and said, oh, this is another one of those. This, this came out around the same time, I think, as Arthur Christmas. I think. Maybe. Within a year, within a couple years. Now that I think about it, I think they're both DreamWorks now. What movie well, one's Ardman. One is Ardman, which was released by DreamWorks. Okay. So. What was the movie you're talking about? Arthur Christmas. Uh, this came out in 2012. Yeah. Hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember either. All I remember is this this was coming out at around a time where it's like, oh, they're releasing a Jack Frost Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Yay. <laughs> I don't care. I don't, that's really what it came to is I just didn't care about seeing this movie gotcha. when it was originally coming out. So this is the first time I'd seen it. But I had been thinking about giving this one a shot for the last couple years because, you know, I... There's a point where, in the back of my mind, DreamWorks is always that second tier studio because they have things like Madagascar. Yeah. And um, in my mind, I think I was also thinking Blue Sky was part of this studio for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. I think because for a while, 20th Century Fox was releasing both franchises. Okay. Both Blue Sky and DreamWorks stuff. So maybe I was convoluting that in my head. I'm not sure. Possibly. But DreamWorks is always kind of something that was like, well, and plus, I was not the biggest fan of Shrek. Fair enough. So you can understand that I had maybe a bad taste about the DreamWorks films, and they weren't exactly something I just jumped to go see. I mean, heck, the only reason I saw the original How to Train Your Dragon was because it's like, oh, you don't see dragon movies much. I'll give this a shot. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. And now that I've, I, I'm a little bit more open to DreamWorks stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I thought this is one of those movies like, yeah, this is probably one I should give another try. Mm-hmm. I should give it a shot, see how it is. And so when we watched it, and I just never got around to it till we got ready to review it mm-hmm. here. So yeah, this is the first viewing. Uh, I thought it was f- hilarious. <laughs> There's some parts of this. I thought it was like, eh, it's okay. I, but considering where they actually go with a lot, some of the characters, yeah. I was impressed that they did that in a, kids movie Mm -hmm. because this is definitely a kids movie it is by every stretch of the imagination 
but at the same time they tr are trusting the kids to follow them even when things get spooky which is something disney used to do mm -hmm. but they don't do it anymore <laughs> true so and because a lot of people just won't won't take a chance with some kids or anymore for some reason i don't know why true but this was like it's like they don't believe anymore yes but this one i thought was very good you have some excellent actors in mm -hmm. this you do mostly i'm thinking of hugh jackman as the Easter he's bunny, a bunny which <laughs> australian easter bunny did not see that coming uh-huh i would assume the bunny might have been from easter island but <laughs> he comes from australia and has a boomerang sure mm -hmm. thing <laughs> and of course you got santa claus with both elves and yetis but the elves are apparently stupid and don't actually make the toys we just let them think they make the toys yes i found that hilarious that was weird but interesting and then sandman who has no voice actor mm -hmm. he's playing himself and uh the tooth fairy is the only thing that still creeped me out <laughs> that is still creepy she is understood i think half any bird half human monstrosity <laughs> not the best character design i'll say okay in my opinion i, I like i like the the concept of be like it's a humming it's more like a hummingbird so it, it flies around really yeah, fast and, and it can get places easy so it makes sense why you would make well, it a bird her little, or her a bird her her little helper fairies yeah they look fine but they're also two inches tall. Yeah. She is as tall as Jack is. Yeah, that's it and is. That's it's just, a, uh, it's a bit creepy. Like, yeah, a bit I would agree creepy. with you. I agree with and you And then on you that. got Jack Frost himself. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, admittedly, it took me a while to figure out why he would be a guardian in this. Mm -hmm. Based on what the criteria we were being given. And they're all fighting the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. That just makes a lot of sense without you even having to talk about it. Oh, yeah. It's a great concept. It's a great concept. They are, and they're protecting uh, kids through mystical means. And it's it's a great little, it's, it's a great little adventure story mm -hmm. that I think kids could get into. And it has a lot to do with some other stuff we've actually reviewed recently. Mm. I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the movie. It was good. Good. Uh, so I think this is my third, my third time watching this third time or fourth time. Cause I've really enjoyed this film. Uh, I actually heard about it on a podcast called, a uh, um, uh, Pottercast. It's a, it's a, it's uh, a Harry Potter. Podcast? It's, a, it's a Harry Potter podcast. Obviously guessing. No. Yeah. Just, just a little bit on the nose. The other one's called Mugglecast. Also a Harry Potter podcast. Yes. So, uh, one of the guys who's on it for the longest time called Freddie, uh, Apparently, he was a producer, an animated producer in Hollywood, or he helped with animation, or he was a producer in some fashion or form. Mm -hmm. So apparently, he worked on this film, and he would talk about it off and on as this project he's working on, a project we're working on for DreamWorks. And so the movie came out, and it didn't do well, but... Uh, apparently he was like, go from DreamWorks because the movie didn't do well, which apparently that kind of tendency of happening, mm -hmm. unless you're like the director or something like that, everybody else gets fired. Um, which is kind of an odd business model to get rid of your, your entire staff basically because the movie didn't do well. 
in the box office anyway, because yeah, you know, you learn later on in well, they info probably stuff. they probably had to cut some costs. That is true because it, it and rebuild because I'm sure Disney even was doing that, after, especially after Black Cauldron didn't do well. True. That's why Little Mermaid was in the spot it was in when it was being made. True. Well, that was more they were trying to they were re they were re uh, re they were shuffling things around because they they thought animation was out the door. Right, because Black Cauldron didn't do good. That is true, and they were also trying to focus on other things. Right, and a lot of it would be monetarily reasons because you put money, you invest money in what you think is going to be a sure bet. If animation, if Disney was thinking animation was no longer a sure bet after Black Cauldron and some mm. of the other flops, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, totally get it. Totally get it. But uh, so I'll be like on that advice alone because I didn't see it in theaters. So I picked up the Blu-ray. And I was like, whoa, this is actually a really good film. It was be like, you have, you know, some very good, compelling story. Um, I'd be like, I found myself drawing to different characters and their, the, the course in which the movie goes and it gets dark. It's a dark film for a kid's film. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, Drew said that Disney no longer does cause it's trying to play safe, um, or play it safe, mind you. I'm just saying you don't get pink elephants on parade anymore. No, you don't. Um, so yeah, this was a great film. This was a wonderful film that I think people need to go watch. Uh, it might be a little scary for younger, younger audiences, but I'd be like the reviews I have read over this film is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Be like, people absolutely love this. Be like, they watched it as a kid. They watched it as an adult. And this movie made bank. It made a lot of money back when it came to uh home video and uh yeah this is a movie that be like i've seen several times and when it's like oh we're putting new movies on the uh the roster so i was like oh, okay i'll put i'll put uh guardians on here and then drew's like what movie is this this movie and another movie have similar names yeah and i keep wanting to call this one rise of the guardians mm-hmm. but that's the but Rise of the Guardians is the Owl movie that mm. was, I don't remember if Direct- it's directed or produced by Zack Snyder. It's direct. Of, it's direct- of, of, of a Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Is fame the right word? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that those movies are bad. It's just they aren't popular amongst right. a lot of people. Right. It was directed by Zack Snyder. Yeah. You know, I, I, I saw it in a, uh, resell, a resell shop and I was like, oh. It actually is directed by uh, Zack Snyder. Interesting. We'll have and to review it. We'll some have point. to do that at some point. Exactly. But uh, highly recommend this film. This is a good movie. There's little problems here and there, but overall, it's a great film. All right. Well, then we need. We will get into talking more about this after we spoil the movie. After we spoil the movie, we will get to spoiling the movie after these bumpers. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Josh Adams, Ashley Cronin Bitter. To get your name on the show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. 
point your web browser to culturebox.media. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, their podcast, Com Talk, another podcast where they talk about bad movies called Bottom Shelf, and another podcast where they read books, allegedly. Uh, and they and there are written articles, all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. Find all their content at geekdevotions.com. This show is a part of Pop Americana. For more great shows like this one, please check the link in the episode description. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, <laughs> who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all of Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Rise. Yeah, Rise. No! You had it right. It's Rise. It is Rise. It's not Legends. No, it's Rise of the Le- Rise of the. What is the name of the stupid movie? Rise of the Guardians. Okay, Rise sorry. of the Guardians. Thank you. The following. <clears throat> the following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Rise of the Guardians. Listener discretion is advised. Rise of the Guardians was directed by Peter Ramsey. And he directed Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. Really? Yes. Oh. It was written by David Lindsay Abair, mm-hmm. and he wrote the Blue Sky movie Robots. Hmm. Another movie starring Robin Williams as a robot. Oh. And Amanda Bynes is in that, too. Really? Yes. Huh. Of all people. Anyway, it is based on the book series The Guardians of Childhood by William Joyce. Hmm. And he also is the one who wrote the book and actually this part of the screenplay for Epic, which we reviewed recently. That's right. Yeah. Getting into the cast, we've got uh, Chris Pine as Jack Frost, Mm -hmm. who also voiced Captain or played Captain James Tiberius Kirk from the Abramsverse Star Trek movies, Mm -hmm. which allegedly supposed to be a fourth one coming out. Allegedly. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, Alec Baldwin is the voice of North, a.k.a. Santa Claus. Oh my gosh, I love his performance. And he's the boss baby in Boss Baby. He is. Jude Law played Pitch, the boogeyman. Yes. And he played Sky Captain in Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. And also he played uh, Watson from Sherlock Holmes. Indeed. Uh, Isla Fisher played Tooth, the Tooth Fairy. Mm Mm-hmm. And she played uh, Rebel Alley in the TV show Arrested Development. Hmm. Hugh Jackman was the voice of Bunny, the Easter Bunny. <laughs> and he was Wolverine in the X-Men movies. Uh, Dakota Goyo was the voice of Jamie Bennett. And he was young Thor in Thor. In the first the, Thor. The first Thor. Okay. I thought we were talking about like the, the newest Thor that's coming no, out. That would be Thor Love and Thunder. Yes. No, I mean the one that's just called Thor. Thor, yeah. Got it. Okay. Kingdom Hearts connections for this. Uh, Ashley Bodicher mm-hmm. did ADR for this movie. Okay. 
She is Olette in Kingdom Hearts 3. And I love this one. Laura Post in this movie was the audio description narrator. Really? Yes. Meaning if you have the, if you go on to the language, Visual, yeah, visually impaired, the visually impaired one mm-hmm. where they will go through and describe what's yeah. going on on screen. Mm-hmm. That's her doing this, really? in this movie. And she was additional voices in kingdom hearts three. That was how deep I had to go to get something. Wow. Outside of, I think some music people were also involved, but I let that one go. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I got for Kingdom Hearts Connections. What do we got in info and stuff? All right, so info and stuff. I think we need a bumper about... That'll work for now. All right, so info and stuff. I considered this part of the review, so that's why I didn't make an extra thing for it. Okay, either or. Anyway. Anyways. I didn't make them. Dealit made them. What am I saying? Yeah, Dealit made them because Dealit makes everything. I didn't mean to take your thunder, Dila. I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry, Dila. No, she 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 wants to be Jane Foster. She just wants to mule, she wants to will Mjolnir in power. Apparently, she likes this idea. Scary. Either or. Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along before our AI decides to you know you know start hurling thunderbolts at us. All right. Not something I need. No. All right. Info and stuff. Please, all right, sir. All right. IMDb has 7.2 out of 10. It's available on Netflix. You have your subscriber to Netflix. Uh, produced by DreamWorks Productions. Distributed by Paramount. Paramount Pictures. And apparently it was the, la- the, the last movie that Paramount released for DreamWorks. Its release, its original release was at the Mill Valley film festival in mill valley california on october 10th 2012 Mm -hmm. at the also on november 13th it was released in the international rome film festival and it was released officially in in uh in the united in north america on november 21st 2012 so box office it had an estimated budget of 145 million dollars it's opening weekend for america this is sad let's just say that um 23.7 million dollars on november 25th of the same year mm-hmm. it's u.s gross uh, yeah this yeah that makes sense <laughs> it had a a u.s and canada gross of only a hundred and a hundred and three point four million dollars it made a significant amount much, much more in uh its worldwide release with 306.9 million yeah so this movie i'll be like it it made money but then due to um uh promotion and advertising and everything else it Mm -hmm. actually lost money which is sad because this is such a good movie i don't know be like it just yeah but either or uh home release uh, Rise of the Guardians released on Blu-ray, Blu-ray, th- 2D and 3D. Remember, this was the age of you know the big 3D rate. Thanks, Avatar. Yeah, thank you. I I wonder how Avatar 2 is going to do. Comment down below what you think is going to happen to this film. It'll be very wet. Good one. Good pun. Very good pun, my friend. I try. <laughs> on, also on DVD on March. 12th 2013 it was the last dreamwork film uh home video release 
distributed by Paramount Home Entertainment. Since 20th Century Fox announced its distribution agreement with uh, DreamWorks Animation a few months before the theatrical release, the film was successful at home media release that at rather than at the box office having the second of the third quarter of 2013 the high the highest box office to dvd um conversion radio among major releases the first quarter of the 2013 it sold 3.3.2 million home uh home units and in the second quarter, it sold uh, uh, 0.9 million units for a total of 4.1. Uh, it was released on DVD on November 5th, 2013, coming with a, win- a wind-up match elf toy. That's interesting. It came with an elf toy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Be like, so if you're collectors of elves, be like, but you might want to go find that edition. Just thought I would throw that out there. Uh, as of October 14th, uh, $5.8 million, $18 million, uh, $5.8 million home units have been sold worldwide. And January, July of that same year, going back a couple of months, the film distribution rights were purchased by DreamWorks Animation from Paramount and transferred to 20th Century Fox. The rights were moved moved to Universal Pictures in 2018 after the buyout of DreamWorks Animation by Comcast slash NBC Universal. It was re-released on DVD and Blu-ray on June 5th, 19. 19- 2018 by Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. So that is where the movie sits so far. And if you want to go watch it, like we said before, you can go watch it on Netflix right now. Right. So yeah, go get this movie some love. It needs it. That is all I have for an info and stuff. All right. Getting into the summary. Jack Frost awakens from a frozen pond with amnesia. Upon realizing that no one can see or hear him, he disappears. 300 years later, Jack, as the young spirit of winter, enjoys delivering snow days to school kids, but is upset that they do not believe in him. At the North Pole, the man in the moon warns Nicholas St. North that Pitch Black is threatening the, the children of the world with his nightmares. He calls... I don't know if this is actually the name's characters. It's weird, because it lists a bunny as E period Aster, as in Easter. Easter. Bunnymund. It's something like that. It's very rude. I'm just still going with Bunny. Yeah, Bunny. Because they call him Bunny. The Sandman and the Tooth Fairy to arms. They are told that Jack Frost has been chosen to be a new guardian, and Bunny brings him to the North Pole. North explains to Jack that every guardian has a center, something that they are the guardian of, but a mm. call for help from Tooth Fairies, the Tooth Fairies ends the conversation. Visiting Tooth's world, which resembles a palace in India, Jack learns that each and every baby tooth contains childhood memories of the children who lost it. Jack's teeth included. However, Pitch raids Tooth's home, kidnapping all of her subordinate tooth fairies except baby tooth and stealing all the teeth, thus preventing Tooth from sharing Jack's memories and weakening children's belief in her. In order to thwart Pitch's plan, the group decides to collect children's teeth. During their journey, a quarrel between North and Bunny awakens a boy, Jamie, since he still believes he can see everybody except for Jack. 
pitches nightmares as an attack, provoking Sandy as the guardian of dreams. Jack tries to intervene, but Pitch overwhelms Sandy, who seemingly disappears. As Easter approaches, the dejected guardians gather in Bunny's home. With the unexpected aid of Jamie's little sister, Sophie, they begin the process of painting eggs for Easter. After Jack takes Sophie home, he is lured to Pitch's lair by a voice. Pitch taunts him with memories and fear of non-belief, distracting him long enough for Pitch to destroy the eggs, causing children to stop believing in Bunny, who furiously berates Jack. With the Guardian's trust in him lost, ashamed Jack isolates himself in Antarctica, where Pitch tries to convince him to join his side. When Jack refuses, Pitch threatens to kill Baby Tooth unless Jack gives him his staff, the source of his magic. He agrees, but Pitch breaks Jack's staff and throws, it, throws him down a chasm. Unlocking his memories inside the teeth, he learns that he was a mortal teenager who sacrificed himself to save his younger sister dying from hypothermia and drowning. Inspired, Jack repairs his staff and returns to the lair to rescue the kidnapped tooth fairies. Due to Pitch, every child in the world except Jamie disbelieves, drastically weakening the Guardians. Finding Jamie's belief wavering, Jack makes it snow in his room, renewing Jamie's belief and letting him become the first person to ever believe in and see Jack. They gather Jamie's friends, whose renewed belief bolsters their fight against Pitch. He threatens them, but the, their dreams prove stronger than his nightmares, resulting in Sandy's resurrection and the Guardians reuniting. Defeated and no longer believed in, Pitch tries to retreat, but his nightmares, but his nightmares, sensing his own fear, turn on him and drag him to the underworld. Afterwards, Jamie and his friends bid goodbye to the Guardians as Jack accepts his place as the Guardian of Fun. Getting into the trivia. As I stated earlier at the beginning of the episode, Bunny mentions that Jack Frost caused a blizzard on Easter Sunday of 1968, mm -hmm. a reference to an actual event. Yes. In one scene, the Tooth Fairy finds a mouse beneath a pillow and identifies it as one of us, European division. Ratoncito, Little Mouse Perez, or the Tooth Mouse, is a children's book character created by <laughs> Spanish author Luis Coloma in 1894, said to replace lost baby teeth with gifts in Spain, Portugal, France, Italy, and Latin America. In the Spanish dub of the movie, it is the mouse is even called Perez. A post-film dedication appears for Mary Catherine Joyce, a guardian fierce and true. Mm -hmm. This refers to William Joyce's daughter who died at age 18 from a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. The movie was based on Joyce's book series, Guardians of Childhood, which was inspired by stories he told his daughter. Mm -hmm. MK, the main protagonist in Epic, is actually based on that character. Really? Yes. Or cool. based on that person. Gotcha. At the beginning of the movie, Jack Frost walks through a colonial American village. In the background, the folk song village musicians are playing uh, playing a song called Kempe's Jig. This was a popular early 18th century English dance song named in honor of William Kemp, a famous 16th century English comic stage actor whose work influenced modern comedic acting, stand-up comedy, and improvisational comic skits. Aside from the Guardians and Pitch, none of the adult characters' faces are ever seen. Mm. Whenever North is surprised or alarmed, he exclaims loudly with the name of classical Russian composers. For example, <laughs> for example, he yells, I'm going to mess this, these names up, my apologies, Shostakovich, just before he falls down the rabbit hole. And... <laughs> Rumsky Korsakov. That's a lot of eggs in Bunny's Warren. <laughs> Relevant composers Dmitry Shostakovich and mm. Nikolai Rimsky Korsakov. Uh, this may be an homage to the Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons where Boris Badenov's favorite expression was Rashkonnikov, the criminal from Fyodor D 
Dwevsky's Crime and Punishment. It may also be a nod to Erwin Gershwin and Kurt Wells' famous uh, novelty song from Lady in the Dark, uh, Tchaikovsky, the lyrics of which consist entirely of the names of various famous Russian composers, including the ones used by North. In the beginning of the movie, when North is making a train set out of ice, he can also be heard humming the famous Russian composer Igor Stravinsky's Firebirds, Firebird Suite. All of this would also be a reference to Alec Baldwin, who voices North's love of classical music. Mm. Pitch's, re- re- pitch, bleh, Pitch's realm's entrance being under a bed is a symbolic of the first bed he ever hid under. Mm. Bunny paraphrases Crocodile Dundee from Crocodile Dundee 1986 <laughs> as he compares his bag of teeth to Jack Frost's. You call that a bag of chompers? Now this is a bag of chompers. It's paraphrased from the infamous you call that a, a knife? knife line. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this film takes place some 300 years after the source novels. Mm. And that's all I got for that trivia. That makes sense. So uh, what's your first like? Oh my gosh. It was, it was, they, they take these very classical characters are what we call holiday characters, you know, mm-hmm. Easter bunny, the tooth fairy, well, well, childish tooth, belief characters, childish belief characters. Though Santa we got. Claus and the Easter Bunny are the only ones that are actually tied to a holiday. That is true. You've also got um, uh, the Sandman. Yeah, Sandman dreams gets people to, uh, dreams and gives people dreams. to sleep. Right, and the Tooth Fairy who trades out teeth for coins. Mm-hmm. And technically, also the man in the moon, the face that you see in the moon when you look up at it. Exactly. Uh, I, I love how they do the anthology of these characters. Be like, you have like Pitch, for example. Yeah. Pitch is be like they, the way that's like, oh, he's been banished since the Dark Ages. And it's just like, whoa, okay. So it'd be like they really dig into the mythology of these characters. And mm-hmm. like you have, uh, obviously, you have Jack, who's just like, he's this the young guy who sacrifices everything in order to save his sister and that you're the tied it in with um what's what's the myth he's he's based on the boogeyman no jack frost or jack frost he's on jack frost yeah because I, I mean, he's literally jack frost yeah I mean, jack frost nipping at your nose yeah uh so to be like the the way they 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 re they reframe and restructure uh like north you know the Easter Bunny, wrong character, wrong season. Um, uh, <clears throat> uh, I can't talk tonight. Um, I'm getting tongue tied and I can't talk tonight. What shall I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Santa Claus, he's based out of Santa Claus, but how they do it is very well. The fact he's he's a a a, a Russian. Um, what what do they described him as? He's a uh, they, they use a certain uh a certain like russian warrior for uh the design for uh north and i just found that really fascinating how they create how they make um uh bunny australian yeah and obviously you jackman is from australia and you you actually hear his native his how he naturally his speaks accent. and it'd be like it's it's really cool i just find it really interesting now the the way they do the um uh the tooth fairy that's interesting we've had that conversation yes. already um that's interesting i be like i like enjoy the Co- cossacks that's what i was looking for cossacks, cossacks. earlier for cossacks the cossack warriors from uh russia uh and this is the, the mythology in these characters are amazing just how they restructured them and re re 
redesign them for more a modern period mm-hmm. and make them more relatable. And but like, yeah, um, Santa Claus being based after St. Nicholas and other Who may or may not have punched a heretic. Yeah. May well back yeah, at the council of Nicaea council of Nicaea. Well, apparently he slapped him instead of, you know, punched him. That's, that's what I keep hearing. Eh, punch, it, he either there. He, he caused violence because someone didn't was saying heresy. So yeah. Yeah. So, or be and like, depending on who you talk to, he may not have actually even been there, but yeah, anyway. that's, that's either or be like, you know, the, the use of be like some of the uh, Norse mythology, because there's a lot of the idea that some of uh, Santa Claus's looks comes from Odin. Uh, just a lot of this really, really well done stuff, and they throw this, um, this, uh, this Russian like warrior Cossack stuff in there. It just looks really good, and like it's very well designed. And there again, the Tooth Fairy is that's either there depending on your your viewpoint. Um, but just the way they design everything, the characters, mythologies, everything is just very well done. And it's very intriguing. It's like, wow, why didn't we get any more of this? Oh, yeah, because the movie didn't do well in theaters. Like, heck, be like, in my research on this, be like, the fact, be like, when the movie was just released, they were already considering doing at least two more two more movies and a series. Hmm. But due to the box office numbers, that all got shelved and put into deep, deep, deep freeze probably never to be seen again probably not probably not but i really enjoy what they did with this film and just like the the deep mythology did with everything it's just like be like you you get this really deep stuff with almost every character and it's just like wow or yeah you can't forget sandy sandy's just the the way they do him it's just be like he's he's you know the father of dreams and just like oh he's just clouds and he can't talk Mm -hmm. be like he's you know like just like you know sand and it's just really well our uh uh sandman yeah sandman bring me a drink either or uh yeah just like the mythology of these characters and how it's well it's very well done very well executed and uh yeah it's my number one what's yours uh my first like on this movie is uh like you said it's it's the characters mm-hmm. uh these are all well-known characters from our childhood mm-hmm. uh and the way they handle it i thought that they what they mention is pretty much everything you remember from your childhood, and then they just expand yeah. on it. I mean, the boogeyman being the monster under the bed mm-hmm. is makes perfect sense, and it makes sense that he's the villain. Yeah, and it makes sense that he's kind of the Sandman's opposites. Yeah, so it makes sense that you know when who's the first person he takes out? Well, it's Sandy because you know nightmares and such. Yeah, the fact that he like he and uses of course, the nightmares are actually horses. Yeah, which was clever. Yeah, which they're called mares. Yes, nightmares. Nightmares, <laughs> which I thought was clever. I was like, okay, yeah, those are cool characters. Yes, continue. Um, lost my spot. Uh, the idea that the elves are stupid is, I think, funny. Oh yeah, that was because clever. that was clever. Admittedly, when I think elf, it is not the elves that usually are in. Uh, the store these kind of stories where they're small little things that make happen to make the toys because honestly that doesn't make sense. 
True. Yetis also don't make sense making the toys, but, but it's funny. At the same time, it is funny, especially when that one keeps trying oh my gosh. to remake everything. everything. Oh my god. He gosh. just got done making because it's the wrong color. Rawr, I like it red. Rawr, rawr, I like it blue. Rawr. It's like what, rawr, yeah, rawr. what is this? Sleeping beauty? Um make it blue. Make it pink. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> um and the thing is Jack Frost is admittedly like the one character you know of from your childhood, mm-hmm. these childhood mythologies that honestly you don't know much about because all you know is yeah Jack Frost he's nipping at nipping your, at nose, your nose. nose. There's uh yeah he, he comes up in the winter time, but really after he gets overshadowed by Christmas, right? And then it gets overshadowed by Valentine's Day because that's free chocolate coming. Mm-hmm. So you don't really think of the Jack Frost thing, but the way they handle those because admittedly when they start going okay you've got santa claus what do kids like about santa claus oh he brings presents to christmas you got the easter bunny what does the easter bunny do that's so good oh he brings eggs of all things at easter why is that good well there's toys and gifts and such inside or it's hard-boiled eggs because that's Mm -hmm. just what they did back in the day Um, and they're colorful so yeah that's that's cool sandman helps them sleep tooth fairy gives them money for their teeth Mm -hmm. what does jack frost have besides Jack Frost snipping at your nose. Mm. Not a whole lot, but then, yeah, they make it make perfect sense. Yeah. Jack Frost is what gives snow days. True. Because he likes fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes perfect sense, bringing that little bit in for Jack Frost. Yeah. Um, He's, I mean, like, it's it's great that, sorry if I keep up you, but, like, they designed him as a teenager because it makes sense. Teenagers are just, you know, fun-loving. They want to do everything exciting. So, yeah, it, it's perfect that they do him as a teenager. Yeah. Well, and the and the, the interesting part is Jack Frost was human, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder, were the others human? That's what it almost applies almost. Right. Of course, we never get into anything. I no. I don't think the North Santa Claus in this one mm. is St. Nicholas. The, you know, the actual right. existing St. Nicholas turned into a immortal figure. I don't think that's how it works. Cause well, I mean, St. Nicholas was a very, he was a saint for a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, then what about tooth tooth? I suspect. Okay. So here's the thing. I don't think they're all European. I think a lot of them just happen to be. Right. I think Tooth, since her, a lot of her stuff kind of has a bit of a Bollywood type feel, mm-hmm. I think she might suppose uh, is supposed to be from India. Possibly. I think. Possibly. Bear in mind her the part of her skin that we can see that's not, you know, bird feathers. Right. Is white. So I don't know for certain. Yeah. Who knows? Um. Obviously, Bunny's from Australia. Mm-hmm. That just kind of makes sense. It makes sense. It does make um, sense. And I'm a, I'm guessing that um, Sandman, even though we know almost nothing about his character, mm-hmm. he was a guy who kept falling asleep at the bank. <laughs> he was, he was a, supposed to be a security guard who kept falling asleep. Right. That's my guess. I have no idea. <laughs> so the, Which then makes you wonder, well, who was the man in the moon? I don't no. know. Just We're, it's he's, all a, he's a rabbit. It's <laughs> Yeah, he probably was a rabbit <laughs> of Japanese origin. Anyway, uh, 
The just just like no, real, correction. She was a rabbit. Yeah, she was a rabbit because it's a Sailor she, Moon. Sailor Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. The, the the scene I absolutely love between is it's Jack and Bunny is like when they're they're oh it's like Jack's be like oh I always thought you were a kangaroo what you're, be like you're calling me a kangaroo <laughs> now I actually do have a theory that uh, Bunny mm-hmm. was not human he was an actual he bunny. was an actual bunny, bunny who was granted sentience. To deliver eggs and voiced by Hugh Jackman. That's that's why when Bunny loses his powers, he becomes a he bunny. becomes a regular sized bunny. <laughs> that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So what will be like if? Because I know uh, Tooth starts losing her abilities, right? But she never actually loses. Her. You don't ever actually see her depowered. Because that is true. Uh, I guess technically there might still be some hope out there, even if. That that, sh- that that the tooth fairy exists because yeah, you know, how many times has the tooth fairy missed, uh, you know, pick, coming by to pick up stuff mm. in ch- in childhood? Mm. You don't immediately not no, believe you don't not believe the character exists. It's like oh, we'll try again next week, right? It just is what it is. Well, I remember as a child, be like, I lost a tooth. Woke up the next morning, the tooth is gone, but there was never a coin there or a dollar. No. I was like, what? <laughs> I got ripped off. What the world's going on? Shame, Tooth Fairy, shame. Exactly. Like, not a quarter or anything. There was nothing under there. Unless my brother stole my quarter of the night. I bet he did. Anyway. Probably. One of those two did. Probably. Who knows? But I, I, I liked I liked the way they set up the lore and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and expanded on the, the classical mythologies we had as children. Yes. But then expanded on it and said, here's how this world fully works mm-hmm. and i appreciated that yeah. yeah that's my first like okay uh my second like would be when obviously pitch has gone in and kidnapped all of the the tooth fairies helpers except for uh little tooth and, and now it's mice. and the mice apparently <laughs> apparently so that's and, that's why she still has some abilities the mice are still doing their job that makes sense that totally makes sense uh and then it becomes the guardian's responsibility to go get the teeth <laughs> and then it's just a constant competition well, the, the whole the, idea it's is like, so hilarious the whole idea is like well we got to collect the teeth and then later on we have to get all the eggs painted uh-huh and they're all five having to come together to do this or four at that point right that's like that makes sense, but at the same time, it takes how many people under normal circumstances to do all this in the right. amount of time that you normally have? Right. I mean, and thank goodness this is not actually happening at Christmas, even though Santa Claus is in the movie, because I don't think a Bunny could build anything. You'd, they'd put him in the paint department, maybe. Maybe. But... Anyway, yeah, just the the also how would uh, pitch kidnap all the yetis? That is true. That wouldn't go very that well. That wouldn't go very well at all. But the 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 uh, the stellar competition between between Jack Frost, Bunny, North, and uh, Sa- and uh, Sandy is absolutely hysterical. They're trying to one up each other about mm-hmm. you know getting the tooth getting the teeth and you know like you know sh- oh, like oh like outshining everybody else definitely would north be like it's like oh be like oh, no it's bunny it's but no it's like but it's like this it's this budding competition like yeah. i love it and then they come to a realization be like then uh 
uh, tooth is more like it's like, but you put money underneath their, you know, their yeah. pillows, right? And it's like, uh, oh crap, uh, we need to do that. You're supposed to leave gifts. <laughs> yes, uh, and the the this the scene in which they are standing in the uh, the the laundry bag trying to get quarters. Yes, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would happen. <laughs> In the middle, like you're trying to get quarters for like every kid in the world for that one day they lost a tooth. Yeah. Oh my gosh, hysterical! I, I am. I was she getting the quarters or whatever the appropriate currency for would be. It was. It was like a gold coin she would leave or something like that, and somehow magically turns into the correct currency they would get. Apparently, it's magic. Why couldn't she do that? Uh, with them. Well, yeah, no, like, like which, they, yeah, that's them. That brings up a good she, point. She, she can make those coins to show to give it to them to put under there. But it it, it makes more for it makes more sense for comedy relief that yes, you have all the characters. Yeah, it makes more funny. Yeah, granted, it is funnier that way. But yeah, I, it's just you know these logical things that pop in. Uh huh. Exactly. That's what happens when you do uh movie reviews. <laughs> yeah. You you, oh, you tend to get overthinking things <laughs> or be like well yeah, or, or I continuity get, and that I get caught stuff. on logic yeah all logic. the time yes. <laughs> Logical inconsistencies. Uh, so yeah, that's just that that entire scene just made me crack up the entire time. I'm just giggling mm-hmm. the entire time, and it was such a great scene. It's like the comedic timing, the the constant one up, uh, one up ship, uh, one up, one upmanship, one upmanship. I knew I was going to say it wrong, um, and just the like, it's just hysterical how they're one up, one up each other, and it's great. And it's funny it's entertaining it's kinetic and uh because i know a lot of people just absolutely love this film how it be like it's one of those films where it's just just goes and goes and goes mm-hmm. it doesn't really slow down this scene is just it's just energetic and it has a lot of like energy and just be like it's just momentum keep going yeah. and going and going and i just enjoy it so yeah mine is the the uh getting the teeth and then returning the uh the gift Mm-hmm. scene and is absolutely hysterical what is yours my second like is jack frost good one jack frost is an interesting character because like we said earlier he's got almost no mythology to go on yeah except for black that, that we traditionally think of mm-hmm. so they actually in many ways had to create this character entire concepts from scratch yeah for the most part and the fact that we see you know his, his whole story from his memories that they find when they he finally sees his teeth and understands, you know, and th- that whole bit. Cause uh-huh. two things hit you. A, he died. Mm-hmm. B, the little sister that he saved mm-hmm. has grown old and died by now. Yeah. Many times over. over. Mm-hmm. He's got this, some of these kids he's messing with now or ha- hanging, uh, playing with now, even though they can't see him. Could be his uh, his relatives, mm-hmm. not his descendants, but his relatives. Yes. So it's like, oh, that's actually rather interesting. <laughs> so I want to I want to say something here real fast. So I saw I saw a, a fan theory on this. So they theorize that when Jack's sister survived, she actually moved to Norway and became uh, princess of oh come on, what is that stupid city called? Uh, basically she becomes Elsa and Anna's, uh, mother, <laughs> but it doesn't that really, that is a horrible fan. Theory. That is a horrible it fan theory. It, it doesn't, doesn't work connect at all. No, it doesn't. 
and the one where like Jack Frost and Elsa become a couple that was interesting, but it's just like, uh, yeah, just no, let it no. go, let it go. Either way, I just yeah, I, let I, it go. I, 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 I let it go. I, I saw those theories and it was like, those okay, that makes no, those are bad theories. That's a theory for another time. But anyway, anyways, where was I? <laughs> Your second um, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm still talking about Jack Frost. Mm-hmm. And he, his story there with his with his uh, sister and mm-hmm. what actually caused him to become Jack Frost, I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. Um, and then he, the whole deal is like he just wants to be seen. Mm-hmm. He wants to be. He, he he hangs out with these kids every snow day that mm-hmm. he causes, and of course, and he loves hanging out with them. But none of them know who he is. Yeah, and he wa- and he's afraid no one will ever know who he is. So when you get that scene mm-hmm. where he causes, uh, you know, the window to start freezing mm-hmm. over so that he can then draw the Easter eggs mm-hmm. to show the Easter bunny still exists. That's his entire point. Yeah. And, and, uh, it, it isn't the Easter bunny. The kid immediately starts to believe in. Yeah. It's Jack. It's, like it's Jack. And he starts to be able to see Jack Frost. It's like, yeah, the one time he's actually not trying to make himself seen mm-hmm. when he's trying to be selfless and help, you know, this guy who's really been a jerk to him for most of the film and for what we can tell most of his second life. Right. When he's helping him out, that's when he they, people finally see him. Yeah. That I thought was incredibly interesting. And I and I love how when he throws snowballs at people, it automatically makes them happy. Mm-hmm. and have fun i liked that that was that was great right so i don't know why there he's the thing says nipping at your nose because he's not nipping at anybody's nose yeah but anyway i guess we'd have to get into the more mythology of that to figure out what that means it's just a saying it's just a saying i agree that's what the mom says mm, agreed but anyway anyways that's uh, my second like What's my your third my third like is actually your second dislike he's actually jack frost uh, I, I do my like second like. I like your second like. This is my third like. Yeah, you said your second dislike. I know you haven't said it dislike yet. Sorry, I thought I, I misspoke. <laughs> my apologies. Season, dude. So my sec, my third like, my third like is actually Fro- Jack Frost himself. So tying into yours, I enjoy that he is a very torn character. He's a character who doesn't know his past. Mm-hmm. He's a character that he knows the man, the moon did something and he's been stuck here for 300 years with no real not for any real direction or anything or explanation or explanation whatsoever and i I find it compelling that he's this very um not somewhat conflicted character and so he starts to realize his past Mm -hmm. and he starts to the uh the the conversation he has with north of trying to find his center yes and uh that that is really compelling definitely when he learns that be like oh teeth hold memory which is a very weird concept i think it's somewhere in mythology somewhere probably but it's i mean like it's it's really interesting and then he starts getting into his past and that pitches using his past to uh create fear in him to make him doubt everything and it's just it's very well done when you get to your the the uh the end of third act where jack is down at the lowest and it's more 
be like he 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 has to pull himself up and to rise to the occasion Mm -hmm. and to move forward because be like he learns about his past he learns what his center was used to help others is to is to uh willingly sacrifice things in order for others that they can uh live and i really enjoy that where he does find that center and it's not in the 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 joy of finding others, but you know that's another time. But it's just, I really enjoy his arc as a character. It's very well done. Um, and Chris Chris Evans. It's the other. It's another Chris Chris Pine. Chris yeah, Pine's Chris Pine. yes, Chris Pine. There's a lot of Chris's out there, and only one of them is not in Marvel. That is true. He's in DC. He's in DC. Anyway, anyways, yeah. Um, Chris Pine's performance is very well done. And uh yeah, that's my that's my third like, which is Jack Frost's uh character. All right. My third like is Hugh Jackman's performances, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Who you calling a Who you calling a uh, uh, you can tell rock. Hugh Jackman is having the time oh, of his yes. life in that <laughs> recording booth mm-hmm. because for so long by this point most of his roles were as Wolverine. Yeah. Which is how most of us will probably always remember the actor. That is and true. It's interesting when you look at his filmography after his time as Wolverine, how it's like every other per- person he's played is like the exact opposite oh, of yeah. Wolverine. Oh, he yeah. literally does not want to play anything close to that character now. Mm-hmm. But this is that weird one that came while he was still doing Wolverine, mm-hmm. where it's a mixture kind of of both he is still kind of doing wolverine as bunny yeah but he's also you can s- still hear that the more happier hugh jackman that you see mm-hmm. some of the newer stuff yeah the more s- serious acting kind of stuff i say i'm not saying wolverine wasn't serious acting but you know what i mean um right wolverine hugh, i still think of him as wolverine hugh jackman in this <laughs> i think does an excellent job he's having a ball in oh there, yeah especially talking about you know we got you get to make your, uh, uh, your your toys north all year long. I only have a couple of days till Easter. It's not even on the same bloody day every year. He doesn't say bloody, but that's what came through my mind. <laughs> right. Um, and, so, and he's get this whole thing. He's, the fact that he actually has a boomerang and uses it, and is like because he's like the ultimate straight man yeah got the whole thing exactly because he's the most serious character Uh uh-huh but at the same time he has some of the best jokes himself oh yeah like like i like i was saying earlier like like i quoted earlier that's not a bag you call that a bag of choppers this is a bag of choppers (laughs) i don't know if this that's a good australian accent but that's what i'm going with it's close i would completely agree it's he's just a fun character to watch he's He's almost so many times when you watch some of these movies, you have a character you can tell was designated comedy relief. Yeah. Whose only job was to just be as funny as possible. Mm-hmm. And half the time, actually, let me rephrase 90% of the time, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman was not designated comedy relief for this film. Mm-hmm. He became comedy relief simply because he was the one who was chewing on this the digital scenery for most of this alec baldwin he, don't get me wrong he did a good job uh-huh. as santa claus but that role is just not as memorable yeah i agree 
uh, and uh, not Sandman. Uh, Tooth Fairy. I can't. I don't yeah. even know the actresses. I can't even remember who the actress is right now. She just comes off more as creepy than every than anything else. But even mm-hmm. she's got a couple of great yeah little lines in there. But none of them hold a candle to Hugh Jackman. Just agreed. Having the time of his life, and that's why the the simple joke of him turning into a small little rabbit <laughs> once all the kids no longer believe in him yeah is so funny it is he's been this big bolsterous guy for so long because he's essentially wolverine in rabbit clothing <laughs> tell me i'm wrong well yeah except he talks with an australian accent <laughs> okay australian wolverine yeah which is and then all of a sudden he's just this cute little Bunny rabbit. Bunny it's, rabbit. It's, it's like when you see in, in uh, Emperor's New Groove when Yzma turns into a little cat. It's just <laughs> funny because it's like this big, big character. All of a sudden, it's just little bitty. And, and, it, it, and, she's, and, vo- and she's voiced by Eartha Kitt. That's Eartha not what Kitt. I was getting at. Oh, I know. I just thought it was funny. It's just the the and the thing, but the thing is, even in that moment when it's funny mm-hmm. that he's this big bolsterous guy is now a little fluffy bunny rabbit. Mm-hmm. It's also sad because you know what it meant. You know it's because he, people don't believe him, and he's slowly losing his Easter bunniness. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think he's actually just a regular. He was just a regular rabbit that was turned into the Easter bunny. That makes sense. He's slowly morphing into who he used to be. Yeah. Now that the belief in him is going, mm-hmm. and that's kind of an interesting way to show what's going to happen to North. Mm-hmm. and tooth uh going forward mm-hmm. was it going to happen to sandy because as far as we knew sandy was dead yeah and the thing is i knew sandy was going to come back by the yeah end it, was, it was just it was, that was going to be part of how this was all going to end mm-hmm. but the fact that they treated like no sandy's dead yeah it's like how do you kill the sandman yeah which brings up an interesting thing that this movie parallels an interesting movie okay that we've both seen actually it was it's more of a bbc two-part miniseries okay that our good buddy chase oh yeah a very similar concept to this yeah. called hogfather yeah and basically is how do you kill santa claus yeah by killing pe- your, people's belief in him mm-hmm. that makes sense which is how that went down mm-hmm. and ironically the tooth fairy is also involved mm. <laughs> true but uh this is just a fun, the huge seeing Hugh Jackman uh, as Bunny is just funny in this because hey, it's Wolverine mm-hmm. as a rabbit, <laughs> just funny by nature, and he does such a good job with it because he takes it seriously. He takes the role very seriously. Yeah, agreed. There's never a wink at the camera. There's a couple of references like the the bag of choppers line, but that's it. It's like he's like taking those roles the easter bunny seriously like it's the most important role because at that moment when he's acting it is the most important role he's got mm-hmm. and that's and i appreciate how much fun it looked like he was having the whole time hmm. yeah the I, I would completely agree with you be like yeah you japan does basically steal the entire show yeah like every like anytime he is vocalizing as bunny it steals it mm-hmm. and the the scene that got me was be like you have this big you know macho you know, rabbit. Like he gets in the he hits in the sled. Once it takes off, he is scared out of his mind. <laughs> it's just like seeing B. A. Baracus and the A team getting into an airplane. That is true. 
I, it's I a just, similar concept. It is. Agreed. This big guy now he's afraid of heights. They're like, oh dear, oh dear, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Oh, oh, yeah, it is absolutely hysterical. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it shows the character's vulnerability. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So yeah. So what's your first dislike? My first dislike. Oh my gosh, they they spend so much animation power on all of our main characters, including Pitch. Mm-hmm. The human characters are almost all forgettable. Yeah, they are definitely animation wise because it's it's almost like be like you could tell there the there are z- only three human characters I noticed right that I could probably point out in in those yeah. shots yeah of who they are Jamie mm-hmm. our hero yeah our our, our human char- main human character mm-hmm. his sister right because she has so many good scenes there in Easter Bunny's burrow. And cupcake, that is true. Everybody else is so everybody, generic. Everybody else is just generic humans. Yeah, they're token almost. They're, they almost go token esque with them. Agree, they do. And it's just like it's when you see something like that. It's like even Jamie is kind of the be like just kind of like a like a generic character that yeah. you just happen to be focusing on. Because if not, be like he would just be another kid in the background. Mm-hmm. But it's just like the way they design the kids. Obviously, you never see an adult anywhere. You you, you don't see any of the. You don't faces. see that. You don't see any faces. You do at least see Jamie's mom from like the neck down. Yeah, that is true. Because she's the one who does the, says the thing about Jack Frost. That is true. That is true. But I think just the the human characters in general are very forgettable, and their designs are not the most appealing yeah i understand they're like they're children but they're just not like aesthetically pleasing for whatever reason they did not decide to design those characters to be cute yeah which is strange yeah for for something like this i'm, I'm kind of jumping on with you on this yeah, dislike because i agree yeah. with you this is definitely one of my dislikes and that those all the human characters including uh jack's sister mm-hmm could be anybody yeah exactly. it, it felt like they they picked their the, the these models out of a generic background characters folder and edited them to give them a little bit more uh design to it but they're right. still just basically extras that yeah are allowed to talk agreed in some ways that works mm-hmm. but at the same time I can't tell you any of their names. I had to double check that Jamie's name was Jamie. Yeah. Because when I was going through the castles, cause I was look, I, after you get past, you know, the, the, the character, the, the mythological characters, you're looking at it and going, who was this kid? Yeah. Who, who, I don't remember this name. I don't, I don't know if this person's important enough to bring up. And finally I'm yeah. okay. Jamie is the main kid. He's probably the one who's probably had, who I'll have some acting later on. <laughs> cause none of I mean, because even because you know his sister had almost like no acting whatsoever. That yeah. I'm convinced they followed her around with a mic like Boo in Monsters Incorporated. Probably um, the way they way her lines came uh-huh. out. Uh, and Cupcake has almost no lines. True. And I don't remember anyone else's names. Yeah. Because they are literally that little impo- of a that little importance. True. To the overall story. True. They're important to bring up, but they are referencing. They are uh, stand-ins for 
every kid on the planet in that moment. That is true. That's all they. That's all any of those characters are, except for Jamie, who has to be the first one mm-hmm. to believe in Jack, which is why he and his sister keep coming back up throughout yeah. the course of the story because they're the only characters that a lot of design, any any design elements are put into, but Agreed. it still looks like they just upgraded some extras. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, that's my first dislike. Also, okay. So my second dislike. Oh my gosh, the the fake out Sandy death. I mean, like obviously, be like it's, yeah. it's it's very apparent that it's like okay, they have this dramatic build up that uh, Sandy is killed. Be like he's he's dead. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking like, no, he's be on like, the cover of the uh, on of yeah, the box. You, but but they they've you, they've done you, that in the past where yeah. characters on the cover, but the character dies like ten minutes in the film, and you never see him again. Right. With this, it's like, oh, okay, you're setting up like, oh, they're mourning him and blah, 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 blah. Right. I'm like, they're going to bring this character back. And He's, let's face uh, it, I bet you I know why they killed this character about a quarter of the way into the movie. Because he's made out of sand. And it gets everywhere. Sand. No, I, I'm not getting that. <laughs> sand has to be animated via particle effects. Right. Which are the hardest things to animate in 3D because of how complex they are. All his powers and his designs are are gonna are gonna cause this issue and you don't you, even though the nightmares are technically also made out of sand yeah they kind of get this uh kind of an a uh a, a, not obsidian that's not the name of it i don't think you know the the the, the volcanic glass you know oh what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? yeah. Mm-hmm. i can't remember what the name of that rock is but um it has kind of they have kind of that look of look to them so you don't really get the sand effect that you get with sandman yeah but I would not be surprised if that's why they went ahead and took him out because that would save on processing power that throughout the true. rest of the production of the film. That is true. I, I, I agree with that that assumption. I agree with that assumption. This the 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 fact to be like it's it's very much foreshadowed. It's not foreshadowed, but more it's just like seriously, you're gonna kill Sandy off. You know he's coming back. Yeah. You know Especially he's coming since back. This is the one character that doesn't talk. Yeah. Like I, I understand, be like if you're if you're going to kill a character off, you're gonna like it's not Marvel where the character is going to come back. You you're no guarantee a character right, is going to move back. The Sandman. How do you? Yeah. How how do you how kill do you off really the kill any of these mythological characters? Yeah, exactly. Where everything has you know everything has to turn out all right at the end of the movie because that's kind of the the point. Yeah, exactly. So it's just be like it's when you know first I'm watching this movie, it's like oh they killed Sandy off. Oh he's gonna be back. Be like, I understand, like, maybe from a child's perspective, like, maybe it's like, oh my gosh, they killed him off. But I think just from a, a cynical point of view as a reviewer, be like, oh, okay, we see this coming from a mile away. It's like, oh, okay, yes, yeah, Sandy's coming back. That's not going to be a problem. It's 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 very much just like, oh, okay, here, here's that cliche coming that, mm-hmm. like, oh, he comes back for no explained reason. He just pops up and it's like, oh, okay. And that's the reason our main characters win because they Deix Machida, Deix Machida back Sandy into the into the story to have our characters have a winning advantage to defeat uh, Pitch. So yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a weird it's it's like you 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 see it coming, you see it coming, but mm-hmm. you don't know when it's coming. You know it's coming. 
You and know it's going to come at the climax. Yeah, it's going to so. come at the climax. Then it's just like, be like, it's literally you pull a Deus Deus Ex Machina. I'm yeah, whatever he said, because I'm going to butcher it. Um, it's Latin. I know it's Latin. <laughs> oh, Greek, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, be like, you saw it coming, and it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, let's 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 pull that card. Let's pull out our big powerful character. You know, have him come back and save the day. And it's like. Okay, please explain what happened. Why? Did, how did this happen? Did people believe in their dreams again? Uh, when you know, you know, you know, Pitch is running around full force, yeah. and he basically has Sandy's powers, mm-hmm. what it assumes, but it's just not really explained. Actually, and he I'm, doesn't have Sandy's powers. No, he doesn't. Well, because right. the kids say at one point, because he, uh, it's after the Easter Bunny thing. He says, "Be glad." The, the kids tell uh, Jamie, "Be glad you still have dreams. We don't get them anymore." That is true. That's a scary thought. That is a scary thought. Be like, just imagine having only nightmares. Yeah, like just having a nightmare in general is never a fun experience, but having nightmares all the time, mm-hmm. be like, that's where Freddy Cougar became a you know reality. Just added nightmares. One, two pitches coming for oh, you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> Let's not go there. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, like one, it's really not explained. He just pops up and it's like, oh, here's Sandman. Oh, he's coming back. Okay, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah. But there's no explanation why. Because belief yeah, came back. Yeah, apparently. Belief in all of them came back. Yes. Yeah, agreed. You get, really do get the feeling that. Uh, that they're all in all the character all the guardians are in danger of actually dying if the belief that dies is true out. that is true so jamie was literally the only one keeping them alive that is true at, which is at the, uh, at the end of the movie which is a strange concept in itself except jack frost yeah no one believes in him outside of one little mission yeah, one yeah that they bring up every once in a while mm-hmm. and at the end of the movie pitch doesn't die even though no one believes in him anymore yeah so it, it's it's weird and plus like when sandy comes back when sandy comes back be like this is when our characters are on are on the back rope are on the back rope right and well, he comes back and then instantly be like oh north has got his thing and then and then bunny obviously goes from his tiny little cute self to his be like his you know his you know his dashing australian self yes um his wolverine rabbit self his wolverine rabbit self anyways yeah it's like it's it's more a day ex machina that it'd be like he just happens to come back and then everybody else gets her powers back and they kind of somewhat it's like oh because jamie still believes and maybe like one of his two friends still believe over millions of kids no longer believing in it because pitch has gone in and you know somehow killed everything because yeah I, I will say this is the last bit I'll I'll, I'll talk on that on mm. is I don't think Sandy was ever dead. No, I don't think he ever like, was. He was just absorbed by Pitch. So when all the beliefs started coming back, he got strong enough to beat Pitch. All the all the belief was leaving Pitch, and it went to San and Sandy was started getting some. So that's why he was able to break free. Kind of like Jarvis from Age of Ultron. Kind of. Kind of. Except not. Uh, yeah. Kind of. My second so, dislike. Yeah. What is your second dislike? My second dislike is the design of Tooth Fairy. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you on that. It's a weird design. It's it is a very weird design for designing a fairy mm-hmm. based uh 
the fact that they literally tried to make her part hummingbird. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know. I'd like to know where what mythology they pulled that shape of a fairy from, where it makes sense. Best I can think of is harpies, but those mm-hmm. aren't fairies. No, in any way, shape, and or plus form. They're never not part of into a harpy. <laughs> right, and harpies. Yeah, harpy, harpies aren't a good thing. To no, run they're into. not. They're monsters for mm-hmm. crying out loud. Yeah. So I don't know where they got the idea that this would actually be a good design for the character. Well, I think in the, spe- the special features, they do mention that it's just more to, to the designers. It made sense that, uh, the, the East, the Easter bunny, the tooth fairy would be something that could be very quick, be very small. And the first thing you think of is a hummingbird, but, but- the first design thing, of the character is the, a different story. The first thing I think of when I think of fairy is Tinkerbell. That is And true. I don't want you to copy Tinkerbell's design by any means. That is form true. Because that would be wrong. Mm-hmm. But there is a general, and maybe they were trying to stay away from the Disney fairy look, I guess. But I mean, I mean we've brought up Fern Gully enough. I'll bring right. it up again. They had a fairy character that yeah. looks like, you know, the traditional fairy that you don't think of as a Disney fairy character. True. You could have done this here where it would have made sense and it would be a much better design than crazy hummingbird lady that creeps me out every time she's on screen. (laughs) That grin. And, and and most of the jokes would have, I think would have still worked. It's just that design was just like, "Eh, no, Hmm. let's not do that. That's that. I'm convinced the, the uh, Jamie's sister wasn't initially scared by the teeth comment. That's not what t- made her turn away from the fairy. Tooth fairy. The fact that she wasn't a fairy by traditional design. Right. That would startle anybody. Half bird, half human monstrosity. Right. Is what, is what threw her off. And the fact that she then shoved teeth in her face. Yeah. With a little bit of gum on them. With a little bit of blood, too. Yeah. That's what made her cry. That would make so anybody like, cry. Uh, yeah, maybe the tooth fairy is just a little bit creepy. A little bit. A little bit, you know, scare you out of your pee waddling doodle mm-hmm. mind if you actually saw it in real life. Not saying the others wouldn't do that either, but at True. least the others are at least following some semblance of traditional designs for those characters. Yes. Yeah. yeah a, a, a giant bunny comes up to you and starts handing you that that one would just be weird. I mean, like it's a cool design. Do right. not get me wrong. Well, it's well, just, think about it. yeah, a bunny with eggs. We know what it is. Yeah, it's the Easter bunny. You see a, an old man in a red coat mm-hmm. with a bag over his arm. Yeah, o- over his Santa Claus. You can Makes immediately sense. notice that Santa Claus. Yeah, even J- uh, Jack Frost. Yeah, I mean, you watch the commercials. You look at it. Oh yeah, these are supposed to be mythological characters. That kid's obviously Jack Frost because he's got white hair and he's got snow powers. That you know just by looking at them, who every character but her mm-hmm. is, yeah, because all you see is Bird Lady. Mm-hmm. Who's the Bird Lady? There's nothing about her design that makes me think Tooth Fairy, yeah, and that's why I don't like her design. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So, what's your third dislike? My third dislike, I really don't have a third dislike. You don't have a third dislike. No, I don't. You couldn't come up with one. Nope. What is your third? This movie is over and done with in a week time. That is true. 
this feels like it should be taking place somewhere between it, it feels like it should have started at Christmas and ended at Easter. Yeah. Not this is all happening within the week of Easter. And this is what's going to cause every child on the planet. That is true. To suddenly not believe because the Easter bunny didn't show up on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Which is deliver weird. eggs. Not every kid. Uh, well, I guess you know if you if you're not a kid who belie- who believes in does the Easter Bunny thing anyway. From yeah. does Easter, you wouldn't believe in the Easter Bunny in the first place. Mm-hmm. But how does the Easter Bunny not showing up cause you to lose your belief in Santa Claus? Hmm. The Tooth Fairy, I get. She missed a lot of payments. Yeah, a lot of times when she should have shown up. And yeah, the Sandman, I get because none of the kids can dream since. Sandman got absorbed into the boogeyman mm-hmm. into into pitch. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus should still have a ton of believers because nothing about this yeah. really disconnects him from yeah that makes everything no, that makes else. no sense. It, but yet he's just as in a, as bad a shape as the rest of them. Yeah, how is his belief weakened in any way? Yeah, unless the, all their the, unless they're the all their the belief in all these characters is somehow pooled because they're guardians but yet jack frost is never weakened by any of this yeah be like he's he's he's, he only gets power once people uh you know he actually some kids actually start believing he exists yeah or whenever kids start having fun when it snows right or during a freeze and this is at easter that means spring is here yeah which means Jack Frost is going to be not without much powers, at least in the northern hemisphere, mm-hmm. for at least six months. Yeah, if not longer. Yeah, he may go down to South America and and, and Southern Africa mm-hmm. and Australia, mm-hmm. ironically. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and do some winter down there. But he's pretty much not. It's that's not as big a deal as you know winter in the north is because of the population difference between the northern and southern hemisphere. He doesn't really lose anything. Yeah. Why does Santa Claus lose something? Yeah. Because he's in he, by this point, he's three months out of Christmas at yeah. least. And people we, we kids would be excited. Yeah. And people are like, Oh, I don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. Why? Just because what the about, Easter bunny bunnies didn't show the up? Easter Bunny didn't deliver you eggs? Yeah. Why does that if, why does that mess with anyone's any child's belief in Santa Claus? True. It doesn't make sense. Agree, it doesn't. Which means that the belief how the belief structure affects these mythological creatures mm-hmm. is not as well thought out as they make you think it is. Agreed. It isn't. Not granted, it was an hour and a half movie. Mm-hmm. They needed to hit a climax. True. They probably really didn't have enough time to spread this out over essentially around three months time from the end of Christmas mm-hmm. to the beginning of Easter. But, but how much more interesting would it be if some, at the beginning of this movie, we find out that Santa Claus, for whatever reason, didn't deliver his presence. And that's why they had to get Jack Frost involved. Yeah. That makes how sense. about that for an inciting incident? Right. Yeah. Cause we like, they don't do that. It's like, it's, Oh, this is a week up week of, and Santa Claus's last Christmas went well. And his next Christmas is going to go well. The only reason he feels any need to help them is because these are his friends. Yeah. 
but at the same and, and maybe he but but he he still loses belief because i ever they quit believing in the others yeah it doesn't make any sense yeah so here here's one just thinking about this when you're talking about your third it's the idea of pitch's idea pitch's like what his his master plan is to make all these kids no longer believe in the right. guardians so that they will fear that they'll fear him because they believe in him yeah but the fact that santa they don't know how santa clauses should be giving them hope yeah, exactly. That at least one of their childhood beliefs is still real, as far as they know. Yeah, agreed. even though there might be doubt now. Yeah, that's to be like his his whole master plan is to you know have only fear in himself, fear in himself. I mean, like it's just it, the the whole be like when you start breaking the story down in itself, it I mean, like pitches master plan doesn't really work per se be like yeah it's a fun exhilarating story it's it kind it kind of works but it also is working on the idea that once the belief in these characters dissipates this disip, dis, disappears for this generation yeah that it will never come back yeah it's it's like the like when they start talking about with a uh, pitch when it's like That's not it's how like, memes work no it doesn't <laughs> like yeah like something will fade away but then eventually it'll come back it's like a trend yeah. So it's just more like for this season, be like you don't believe this. Look how many times the Furbies come back. That is true. Like it's just like fashions coming in and out of fashion the season, and and childish beliefs like this could come and go because it's not like you got you you're, you've caused you know stories to just disappear and now no adult or kid remembers the time the Easter Bunny delivered eggs to their house. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's and to, some kid hears the story, maybe at a later date, uh-huh. all of a sudden, oh, look, this kid has a childish belief in a, in a rabbit person, a rabbit creature who will deliver eggs to him. Mm-hmm. And that gives, that could give the Easter Bunny enough oomph to deliver Easter eggs, at least to yeah. that kid. Yeah. And then it grows and it can move and it, within 20 years. Yeah. At most. They should all be back up and running again. Yeah, it's 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 more like a a temporary victory that pitch is going for. Well, he's going for the long game, but in in truth, it's more of a short game. Yeah, and it took him what three hundred years? They said. Well, the Dark Ages. So you're looking at five hundred years. Five hundred years at yeah, least. Five hundred years. Five hundred years it's taken him to come up with this plan. And the fact to be like the boogeyman be- was no longer feared. Bull hockey. Yeah, exactly. What kid is not scared of the monsters under their bed or the oh, dark yeah. or, or the monster in the closet? Yeah. If all that's the boogeyman, yeah. then he's just as feared and remembered as the as Santa Claus is loved or the Easter Bunny is loved. Exactly. He's just he should be just as powerful as any of them. But they treat him like he's been in a weakened state all this time. Yeah, he's he's been in a almost like hibernation because be like, oh, ever since the dark ages, be like, are you kidding me? The be only- like weak character the only character in this who should be weak is jack frost yeah because almost no because he's like the character with the least amount of belief period yeah exactly Even in our world he would mm. be the character with the least amount of childish belief exactly but because they had to make up a reason why he was a character kids could believe in and that was that he caused snow days or yeah. caused, caused blizzards and such yeah yeah i think that is kind of how it's referenced but mm-hmm. the fact that kids would love him because a blizzard because he caused a blizzard to happen which mm-hmm. caused schools to close that's a relatively recent thing true 
and if you're and, and you're ironic from, and ironically now maybe not as cool a thing anymore because of distance learning. <laughs> but anyway, that is true. And so, 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 we, so, if Computers we're going killed Jack Frost. Mm, so if so, if we're going off this, we can blame Jack Frost for the snow apocalypse that happened in Texas. That makes more two, sense than two Elsa. years ago. That Thanks, makes, Jack. That makes more sense than Elsa. <laughs> that is true. That is so true. Hey, Jack. Next time you cause a snow apocalypse, keep it today. This is Texas. We didn't know what to do. Ooh, we were we out of romance. Nearly had the electric grid crash yeah so thanks and for that. we wouldn't have been back up for a month don't do that again yeah please don't <laughs> either or so yeah i just threw that out there it's like yeah because if you start breaking things down in this story of how our villains are doing things and how people no longer believe mm-hmm. because simply this is simply this the story itself the structure of the story kind of starts falling apart yeah but this is what happens when you look way too closely into a movie. You're not yeah, supposed you to look that closely exactly. into. Exactly. Which is what we do on this show. Exactly. That brings us to the end of this episode, of this review. Mm-hmm. So we need to rate the thing. I'm giving it a seven. Okay. It's a fun movie. It's got some slight issues here and there. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it's a good movie. I would enjoy it. All right. Uh, I'm giving it I'm giving it a little bump up. I'm giving it an eight. I thoroughly enjoy this film. Uh, even through this, you know, this deep, you know, deep uh, analysis of this film, be like, I still thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, it's just be like, it's a fun movie. It's got great characters. Uh, it's got somewhat of it's like we said before. It's got somewhat of a flawed design of a mm-hmm. uh, a, uh, a reasoning is yeah. a, is flawed, but it's still a good movie. So a very good movie that is highly recommended. That I would definitely I'm definitely exceedingly giving it an eight that and plus this movie needs more love I mean, it's just a great film so yeah so i'm giving it an eight all right well then we need to tell you what movie we're doing next time mm-hmm. and ask a trivia question for it and that movie is the muppets take manhattan Yay! now the interesting thing about this mm-hmm. movie Disney doesn't own the rights to it. Really? Really. It's still owned by Sony. The Muppets Take Manhattan features the appearance of certain versions of characters that would later go on to form a cartoon that Jacob absolutely hated. Oh, really? Who are these characters? Hmm. Now, granted, I have not, if the show you're referring to, I have not seen since I was a very small child. I suspect you wouldn't like, you wouldn't have liked, you wouldn't like it now. Probably not. (laughs) But any, either way, we have some Tangled to talk about. Yes. And the masters of the universe. Dangerous. Baby, 
Eiffel Tower. The pinky, the pinky and the brain, 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 brain. First episode we're reviewing tonight of Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure is Happiness Is. Directed by Joe O and written by Ricky Roxburg. Mm-hmm. Guest cast includes Clancy Brown as King Frederick, mm-hmm. MC Ganey as the Captain of the Guard, Jeremy Jordan as Varian, Flula Borg as Alphonse, Russie Taylor as the Lorbs, and Richard Stephen Horvitz as Lorbs. In this episode, a homesick Rapunzel discovers a mysterious idol with the power to bring instant happiness to whomever holds it, but its power threatens to tear the group apart. Trivia for this one. Varian, Captain of the Guard, Attila Friedborg, uh, sorry, Attila, Friedborg, mm-hmm. Ulf, Big Nose, Old Lady Crowley, Seraphina, Lady Kane's thugs, and the Baron's men appear as visions in this episode. Mm-hmm. Corona Castle and the Tower's Wreckage are featured in this episode. Mm-hmm. The full name of the idol is called the Idol of Berfischbergen-Gungigen, which is a long fake word in, in German. German. It does not translate to uh, anything. Oh, uh, okay. I thought so. <laughs> it's like the Swedish chef. Okay, moving on. Eugene is wearing his royal outfit from Tangled Before Ever After when he holds the idol. Mm-hmm. This is the second time where Varian appears in a vision. The first was the quest for Varian. True. This was the last episode to air in 2018. This episode's title is a reference to a lyric from the song Happiness from your good from the from the musical Your Good Man, Charlie Brown. Hmm. When corrupted by the idol, several of Richard Horvitz's voice Lorb's war cries sound like ay, 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 ay. because Richard Horvitz is was the voice of Alpha on Power Rangers. <laughs> I, I thought you were like I was like, oh okay, where where is this going? And uh Rapunzel says that one of her birthday lanterns has her name embroidered on it. And King Frederick refers to Rapunzel as Rapunzel in his letter to her when she was seven. Mm-hmm. However, she was stolen as a baby, and it was Mother Gothel who gave her the name Rapunzel. Hmm. Very interesting. Hmm. At least according to this. Oh, okay. The, where I got this trivia. Well, I mean, I know, I, I know they actually did. They did call her Rapunzel. I know that. In the movie? In the movie. They did as call her, as a child, they called her Rapunzel. Well, then the it's, trivia it's, was it's, wrong. Yeah, it's, it's very much implied that her name is Rapunzel. Why? It's Which still brings the question, why, why would the king and queen of Cor- Corona name their child Cabbage? <laughs> because it's part of the original lore? <laughs> I'm just saying it makes more sense if, for whatever reason, they didn't name the child yet when she got stolen. That is true, and also makes and, it, and it makes it makes more sense. And because Mother Gothel had to call her something that is true, besides flower. flower. I thought, well, what name can I give this horrible cabbage girl? I don't like. Oh, we'll call her Cabbage. Yeah, Rapunzel. AKA Rapunzel. Yeah, because apparently the, the in the original lore, be like it was the 
father in the original in the original telling was be like the father was wanting to get cabbage for his sick wife and he kept stealing from right. the witch next door. I get that. Yeah. But Disney created their own lore for this and they agreed. Don't explain why Rapunzel's name what Rapunzel was named that if if if, Rapunzel, if the king and queen literally named their daughter this, it makes no sense. Yeah, agreed. It, it it's it granted you're right. It's because the story required her name to be Rapunzel, but that should not be the reason you named her Rapunzel. True. You should have a decent reason of her. Anyway. That is true. It also be like it also looks to the flaw of Gothel's plan. Be like if she's gonna just name her name or keep yeah. Rapunzel's name and keep the exact same birth date. Exactly. Be like it's just it's a very flawed plan. You think it would have just called her flower and just gave a generic Un- day. Unless this, they they had not christened their daughter yet the king and queen had yeah for whatever reason mm-hmm. maybe because you know mother was still recovering after mm-hmm. childbirth and mm-hmm. the power of the flower was in rapunzel's hair by that point mm-hmm. and honestly that do they the movie never even says how much time passed between yeah, the duration and, and, and mother gothel stealing her yeah so it would make sense that she doesn't know herself as Rapunzel. That's much as true. Yeah. She doesn't know herself as the princess at the, it, throughout that movie until like the that very end. That is true. End. So she's, her identity is Rapunzel no matter who named her. That is true. And also be like, it could be like, those are very good points. Those are very good points. They'd be like, it, it could be possible that which is why Gothel would... gave her name Rapunzel. Yeah. Because they're, anyway, we're yeah. not here to talk about that movie. No, we've again. already discussed it before. That was Four years ago. Four years ago. Wow. We're here to talk about the show. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and ask the question. What did you think of this episode? I thought it was really good. I mean, like it, it went back into the lore, like we were discussing a second ago, mm-hmm. that of Rapunzel and finding the lanterns on the island, which is there again this season, is very notorious for being in places for several episodes. And at least it doesn't appear to go for more than four. Yeah, at this least. Season. At least. So we, we, we get and really, the, this was only three and a half so or we, three and a quarter. Yeah. So we find Rapunzel. She has discovered one of the lanterns that was sent out when she was seven by her father. Yes. And it's a personal letter to her. And I just found that really touching. I was like, yeah. wow, this is very well done. And there again, that pushed into the cycle of Rapunzel missing her family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just really enjoy the story where it's this, this, uh, this constant uh, desire to, you know, have your your happiness manifested, even though other people can't see it, it's it's very interesting. But where the 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 overwhelming desire to have the the desire of your heart manifested, if that's only for a while, it'd be like yes. even the it's it'd be like it, it, you can pull this whole great uh, Christian theology, you know, pull out of it where it's like the 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 uh, thing of be like it's not the desire of things but it's it's the uh the things in your heart mm-hmm. and there again we know the heart is fickle the heart is fickle the part the i said didn't mean to say what i said a second ago but heart uh the heart you know the heart is fickle the heart has a tendency of changing yes so but understanding what they're talking about is like it's it's finding those true things that do make you happy and not material things. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed that part of the story. It's where you have all our characters are fighting over this this idol 
in which the uh how do you pronounce these little guys names lorbs lorbs yeah the lorbs have you know have I was like, the, please don't ask me to say the name of I, that idol again. I'm not. I'm not doing you know, this. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say it right yeah. that time. Hada 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 idol. The That'll work. But and so we we get this this idol that can grant you the the desires of your heart or the the uh, the uh, the temporary joy or temporary mm. happiness, which we all know be like happiness is fleeting. Happiness is it's momentarily. Like, yes, you can have happiness for the longest time, but then you be like, you lose it because something else happens. And uh, I, I like the the Lord, which they build into of why this was designed, why it was created and the destructive power it has. It corrupts people. It it makes them lust after it and it makes them very destructive like the Lord's become. And. I love it how it's Rapunzel is be like she's desire her her desires to be around her parents again and those she cares about and uh she comes to the conclusion be like you know happiness isn't found in things and uh, it's very much true because you look at the world now it's be like you you'll be like the like I, I I love watching toy hunters and it's always the next thing it's that next toy that's gonna make me happy or I've collected everything i can and i'll spend an exorbitant amount of money to get said toys and they just keep going after other collections other collections to find happiness in those things and it, it's it's sad to watch when you you break it down to what its core is and it's just your 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 base desire to have happiness in something that you had as a child or something like that and it's just simply going to sit on a shelf and you have to constantly fill that Feel that that happiness was something else, and it's never you're never gonna be satisfied with it. Um, but you know, going back to our story, it's you know that that understanding that it's not found in things, it's found in the joy you have with each other and the 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 fellowship you have with each other. Be like, I love coming over here and doing this podcast with mm -hmm. Drew. Love it to death. Be like, Drew is a brother to me in Christ. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a wonderful relationship you have with somebody and it's not built on, you know, just things. It's not built on be like, I have all the things I've ever wanted in this world. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful story. Be like, and understand and not trying to just chomp down on it. It's like, oh, because it doesn't say this, it says, be like, you're da -da 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 -da. Be like, it's understanding what they're trying to say. It's, 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 it's uh, taking what they're saying and then applying it. And I just, I'd be like, this is an amazing, well done story. And of course you, you have uh shorty who has, you know, his, his little bit here and there in every episode. And it's always fun when he does something, you know, silly, but um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great, wonderful uh, episode. And I, I it, like, yeah, it's great. What do you think? We've all felt, I think to some degree, loneliness and homesickness mm -hmm. and the desire to be you know, around other things and other people mm -hmm. and, and nothing else the idea that the idea that we we might get sad because we don't get to do something or mm -hmm. we're in a position where we can't buy something we want we've all been in that position oh yeah and it's like you said it's the remembering that you don't happiness doesn't to quote from another uh, uh, movie we have reviewed, 
happiness doesn't come from a store. Happiness perhaps means a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Quoting from uh, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole well, Christmas. Christmas. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even that's not fully what's going on here. So, so yeah, you're right in that the idea is like, it's happiness is not everything being perfect because nothing's yeah. going to be perfect. Yeah, it's not going to. And if we're going to be honest, uh, well, let's let's be completely honest. Where was she uh, 10 ep- 12 episodes ago? Wanting to leave Corona. Rona. Yeah. Wanting to get out of the castle. Mm-hmm. She would be just as unhappy if she was back at home as yeah. she is here, yeah. but for different reasons. Exactly. So the point is, yeah, she was not happy because she was homesick. That's mm-hmm. just natural because she wants to be around the people she loves. Exactly. And she's now missing them because it's been, what, six months? At least. At least since they left? Yeah. So, yeah, it ma- it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, now that I've gotten the serious part, out of the way. Let's ha- let's get to the fun part. Yeah, I love everybody's. Oh things yeah, things that make them happy. Agreed. I- unfortunately, we don't ever get to see shorties, which in some ways I'm also glad we never got to see shorties. Yeah, because that would be weird. Yeah, it's shorty. I mean, you get Eugene, who's like gets the entire the-, the royal yacht, where he is somehow now carved into the the bow, the bow of the ship. Of the ship. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that would have happened. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter that King Frederick hates your guts, but whatever. Maybe that doesn't hate his guts, but it's more like it's I really a, don't approve of you. It's a tolerance. Yeah, it's a very much had. a tolerance. And of course, Cassandra gets to uh, sword but fight with her father, with, with her adopted father. Mm-hmm. He were their adopted father. Yes, this is very much well known at this point. Mm-hmm. It's not a hide. It's not a rumor. Exactly. I just have theories of who her, what her actual parentage mm-hmm. is, but we'll get there. There when we, we get, get there. there. Uh, Max's. Uh, happiness locking up thugs rule breakers which leads directly into the next episode sure uh, just bam 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 but i think hilarious. the ones that that really got to me yeah and it's proof that you have to watch these episodes in the right order mm-hmm. because if you had watched this one before there's something about hookfoot you wouldn't know who the mermaid was and yeah. why hookfoot was in love with her mm-hmm. and why really this that would be his happiness was to have her back mm-hmm. but she's you know stuck in fish prison <laughs> at the moment so right. and yeah we don't actually get to see what the lorbs happiness thing was either, no but it's not it's I, just... I, 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 but I, one of the things i really liked about it is that yeah when everything is calm and the idol of <laughs> is not in danger of being destroyed it's every, you know the magic is green it's safe mm-hmm. and the visions are warm and nice and yeah you're getting addicted to it but mm-hmm. nothing is you know n- nothing is going bad yeah but, but the minute you decide you to destroy it all of a sudden boom there's varian ready to kick your butt because you forgot about him for the last couple episodes yeah. and oh he's going to kill king frederick yeah whom you it's like how does this make her happy is my is question a yeah question b is like oh yeah don't destroy it because then because then your happiness will go away exactly is what that's trying to say yes. in a weird way but yet and at that point, the magic's red. But from that point on, the magic is red, whether it's 
everyone happy with the with mm-hmm. the idol or the idol is threatening their happiness so it mm-hmm. doesn't destroy it including the lorbs whose yeah. eyes glow red throughout that whole thing we never mm-hmm. see them with the green-eyed version true so i mean I, I like how you do get the the calm version and then the angry mm-hmm. protect itself version yeah of that i thought very that was sentient and the fact that uh I, I am i am confused about one thing not that the temple that this thing this idol has to be destroyed on happens to be at the lorb's camp that's not surprising yeah the fact that the in the middle of well it wasn't raining when it started Mm -hmm. but the fact that the fires are already lit at the top ready for the ritual to destroy the thing do do, do the lorbs do this every day is it it part of their ritual is there some other rituals that go on up here that exactly they have to light the fires it's like everything was just set up so conveniently, especially since also the thing that holds it while you destroy it was up there. But yet no one ever thought to have an extra pair of protective gloves up there. Only the one Lorb uh-huh. has, has the gloves chief. of shindy bindi findy bindi. <laughs> <laughs> To, that protects him from the I love Gordish Windy, Clindish Windy, Windy. I'm going to get in trouble for all this, aren't I? Uh, so, yeah, I was like, it's a fun episode. It is. Uh, the only thing I really don't like about it is they recycle the animate, the dancing animation from the beginning at the end for uh, Hookfoot and Lance. That and is true. The animation for that is weird. I don't know what it is, but that's, mm. it stands out as almost like it was meant to be slower, and then mm. they sped the animation up. Okay. I don't know if that's what happens. And, and Part of it is, I'll admit, the fact that they're in exact time mm. with each other, which is not how life works. No. Especially when you got two guys who probably don't dance on the regular, especially since one of them has a hook for a foot. True. But, uh... But I also, that's the only thing I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. What I, one thing though I really also enjoyed was all their attempts at getting it back from Rapunzel. Oh yeah, those are hilarious. Especially hook, especially Lance's where it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Which is like taking Eugene's Jeans. and trying to do it again, despite the fact that it won't work at all. Like you're, you're, try, you're trying like, to do like to Eugene's plan makes sense exactly. for Eugene. Yeah, Lance's plan of using Eugene's plan doesn't make sense. For, no, it for doesn't. Lance. But then you got Hookfoot, especially if you're watching Hookfoot in the background taking the hook off of his foot, which he hates it when people do that. But he's <laughs> gladly do it to get this thing. Oh yeah, and uses it as a hook to grab the <laughs> grab the idol. The idol. That's like, how badly do you want this thing? <laughs> and then the whole thing where it's like where um. Uh, Eugene saying, Rapunzel, we really want you to come out here. We don't really want the idol. We just want to talk to you. And then he says, I right? Like and it, and, but looking back at the at the other three, and they all in turn agree with him. him. Yes. And he's like, two of you should never agree with Eugene. Exactly. <laughs> and yet y'all all want it this bad. bad. Despite the fact, y'all, once that idol is out in the open, all bets are off. True. So true. And we get to see Friedborg again. Oh gosh, Friedborg. 
I was like, why is Freeborg here? Why? Because <laughs> it's it's the comedy relief character who never well, says uh, anything. That was the thing. It's been 10, what is this, episode 11, I think? Yeah, it's 11. It's been 11 episodes mm-hmm. since we've seen anyone who was hanging out in Corona regularly, which means it's been 11 episodes since Friedborg could have showed up. So you, it's, for me, watching it, it's been three years since mm-hmm. we recorded the season one episodes. Oh, gosh. Because wow. of how slow I've been at getting these out. True. And, and everything else that was involved in that. So I forgot about Friedborg <laughs> until... All of a sudden, Friedborg, I forgot about you. I now have to scrub my eyes. Give me a minute. Because <laughs> she just throws you off. True. But yeah, I do I do like we get all these nice little references back to season one. Because mm-hmm. it, 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 you kind of forget they, ha- they, they were there for a bit because we've been on the road for, you know, 11 episodes. Agreed. So anyway. So the the I I, f- I forgot one thing that I just found incredibly funny, and it it's kind of a reference to a different, completely different series or completely different movie series. Uh, so the scene the scene in which we open up with is the the festivity with our our little leaf friends and everybody's happy and yes. joyful. Be like, do you recognize the song that's being played? No, I didn't. Well, it's I think it's more it's 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 tune and it's melody is very uh reminiscent of the so- the um the celebration song which is playing in the original st- uh Star Wars episode 6 the return of the Jedi the oh, very the, end the the the, the yubla, yum, uh, yeah exactly yubla, yeah yellow yellow that's what it was called yeah the one that got edited out for Jedi rocks yeah <laughs> thanks george because <laughs> i'm listening to this like wait this sounds like the very end of the Jedi return, return be, of the it Jedi. Might be based on that. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking. It, it, it's essentially very simple tribal music. Yeah, is what it's all intended. Exactly. To be. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Ready for the next one? Yes. Next episode: Max and Eugene in peril on the high seas. Oh my gosh! This episode, <laughs> directed by Tom Caulfield and written by Dave Schiff. Guest cast includes Ron Perlman as the Stabbington Brothers. Uh-huh. That's what I gathered. Laura Benetti as Lady Kane. Art Butler as the fake the Giovanni. Kevin Michael Richardson as Fairy Captain and Otter. Jess Harnell as Pocket Thug as Pocket a uh, Pickpocket and Thug. Flula Borg as Alphonse. And uh, Jadeo Emery as Weasel. <laughs> Ironically, Weasels come up sooner than a lot of these other characters. Uh-huh. Synopsis for this one. Max and Eugene get into distress and save themselves on a passing ship. Unfortunately, it turns out that it is a prison ship and the prisoners have taken control after a mutiny on board. The Germany, sorry, the German version of this title in English is Danger on the High Seas. Hmm. The caravan, which was destroyed in King Pascal, has been repaired. How? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Moving on, Corona's criminals, including Lady Kane, her thugs, Axel, the Stabbington brothers, Dale, aka the fake, the Giovanni. Oh gosh! You have to say his name apparently. The fake, the Giovanni, and Anthony the Weasel all return in this episode. Uh, Maximus chews up pieces of paper like a shredding machine, similar to how he did in the movie. Mm -hmm. Rapunzel and the group are revealed to have stayed on the island for six weeks. Mm -hmm. 
This is the very first episode to have a title card and also the only episode technically to to have to feature Mickey Mouse. That is true. I found that very Because that logo is on there for Walt Disney Animation, the TV Animation Presents Max and Eugene in Peril on the High Seas. And that's going to parallels kind of goes to what like uh, Disney used to do in their shorts. Yes. It was very much a very short, uh, a, a, a very cart, Mary, not Mary Mo is what they call them over here. Uh, silly, silly symphonies. Yes. Silly symphonies. Very silly symphonies esque uh, yes. look to it. Like, so, yeah. Uh, Eugene mentions that he used to want to live in a castle, referring to when he and the Stabbington brothers mm-hmm. stole Rapunzel's crown, and Eugene said he imagined himself living in a castle. And an island. Yes. When the Stabbington brothers... Alone. Hmm? <laughs> Arrested and alone. From, uh, I think it's one of the songs from the movie. Either or. Continue. When the Stabbington brothers fall through a trap door on the barge, Eugene gives them the same buy signal as he did when he escaped with Rapunzel's crown in the movie. Sideburns also screams out, Rider! <laughs> just like he did in the film. Exactly. Although this episode focuses on both Eugene and Maximus, this is also the second episode that majorly focuses on Maximus. The first mm-hmm. being Max's enemy. Mm-hmm. Being the horse. <laughs> who has no actor. No, except just he's a horse. Winnie. And just someone who whinnies. It's mm-hmm. not even... Uh, I don't remember who, who voices max but anyway yeah it's probably, it's probably all coming from the same sound effect library probably but anyway what is your thoughts on this episode this, this high is, flying high adventure high chasing sues rapunzel being a pirate episode so, yes that those that, that is a fun aspect of this film this film this episode um i wish it was a movie in some cases um this is just be like it's i don't want to say it's a filler arc because it's 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 when we get to it kind of is, but it also fills in how they got off the island. Yeah, exactly. Even though we have no idea how they got into the ocean in the first place. place. So we, we, we know from the first episode when they land on the island, they understand be like, there's the ferryman who comes by every six weeks and we're finally to this point. Mm-hmm. And it's just be like, of course you got, uh, Maximus, who is the be like the Boy Scout, he's gonna go by the rules, and just the the contrast between him and Eugene, and their their hijinks ensues in order to uh, they have to work together, which is something those two don't do quite often, right? And it's it's a good buddy, like a uh, good cop bad cop kind of situation for those two characters, and yeah, the fact to be like in this episode we get a pirate uh, Rapunzel. Which is great. Which is hilarious. And the the use of the they're firing the peppers at the at the uh, the uh, the prison transport mm-hmm. and they turn out the lights and the uh the the firefly shows up and it's like okay, nice callback. Nice callback yes. to your previous episodes. Well they brought up the firefly at the beginning of the They this, did. So. They did. It'd be like it's all which very good setup. thinking, why do you need the citronella thing? Just have a bunch of Oh, those weeds on board, and that mm-hmm. will get the firefly. Yeah, I'll take care of the firefly easy. Well, I, I understand, be like maybe the ferryman's transporting these, you know, these, um, the 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 whatever the yeah. What are, yeah whatever they're called, but like it's transporting back to the mainland because maybe they're popular or something like maybe, that. I, mean, I don't know. Corona enjoys them for some reason, you know, within whatever country yeah. they've been in since they left Corona. Exactly. But just overall, it's a good story. It's a good. It's a 
it's like you said, it's kind of a filler, but it's kind of, it's a point A to, you know, you get A, B, C, B, this is the B story where it's like, we're just trying to fill in where things are going. Yeah. Well, I'll say this is, I want more episodes like this that mm. technically are not, you know, we have so many episodes in this, in this particular season right. where we stay in this one area for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we're in another area. Yeah. Like we had the first four episodes where we were in Varderos for so yeah. long. And then we yeah. were in this one, we've spent three, three episodes, three, four episodes on this Island. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have more of like, admittedly, it makes sense that you don't have one with them leaving Varderos. Mm-hmm. Get them going from there to the uh, forest of no return makes True. sense. True. But if you remember way, way, way back to our Thundercats episodes. Yeah. The thing I complained most about on that show was the fact that they time jumped so often. They did. This one, thankfully, doesn't time jump as often, but there's still some time jumps. There are that show up in there, and they it feels like we're missing parts of the journey. True. Granted, nothing may have happened, but uh, between point A and point B, but um, like we never under we never we didn't have an episode where they built the ship that they then put the caravan on to go that to go out into the into the ocean you know, for them to eventually crash onto that island. Yeah. It's just all of a sudden we're in the ocean this episode. It's like, when did y'all get here? Oh, we built a boat before we left. I was right. Like, How did y'all build a boat? And when did y'all build a boat? True. <laughs> At least here we've got, how did we get off the island? We didn't magically transport off the island. No, there is actually we actually see the ferryman true the ferryman uh they they load everything on there and and the ferryman tech was supposed to take them over mm-hmm. to the mainland yeah now the fact that the ferryman was perfectly all right picking up a bunch of random strangers who happened to be on this island mm-hmm. that's a little weird a little especially weird. since they somehow had a caravan yeah which they completely built. rebuilt in the last six months six weeks six weeks they rebuilt it in six weeks. weeks which Bear we, in mind, it was utterly destroyed. Yeah, it was when they fragments. crashed on the island. Yeah, which means everything they brought with them, including food stores, was gone. Yeah, and yet they have the full caravan as if nothing happened. That they and, said they rebuilt. When did they do this? Yeah, and here's a, here's another thing because we're talk we're not talking about you know just normal people. This is the this includes four guys who don't even realize Rapunzel and Cassandra were missing in Freebirds until hours later. True. Very true. We're not so, talking about master builders here. That is true. And also they mentioned be like, Oh, we're going to do, we're going to get a new carriage when we get to the mainland. Yeah. So why did you rebuild the old carriage? I don't know. Yeah. It's, that's one of those main questions when it comes to this episode, it's just like, Okay, you and that's sim- not even the craziest thing this particular caravan will go through. That is true in the next couple episodes. So yeah. Anyway, that, yeah, it's, it, it's still a fun episode. I agree because especially with all the nice callbacks to the movie mm-hmm. and 
season one. Yeah, actually, I think this is a bet. This has better callbacks to season one than uh, Happiness Is did because that's both pretty much what both these episodes were. Was yeah, callbacks to season one in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this was a fun episode. Agreed. We still have no idea what the Black Rocks lead to. Mm-hmm. Which I think I complained about this the first time we recorded <laughs> these episodes way back when. We'll and get I, there when we get there. Yes. But we're not far from the next, some of the next big plot points. If I oh, yeah. So uh, we're, we're, we're not that far yeah. off from episode 14, which is like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to get this episode. Is 14 the tree? Uh-huh. Rapunzel yeah, we the, ain't the far great, from the good stuff. No, the, the great uh, tree. So, yeah. It's actually, is that the next episode? Uh, let's see. As we got curse and curse. And then the eye of uh, Pencosta. And and then Rapunzel in the big Yeah, tree. so we so have basically... Two episodes from now. Yeah, two episodes from now. Anyway, join us next week for those next two episodes of the of this show mm-hmm. that he just said. And uh, in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox at Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's Photo Bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at G. George 759. His Twitter at G. George 759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. Shindy bindy fin